We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas. And ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Julius, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. We also worry that civil war could be on the way back. The her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Is over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask oh, some good. questions about all of this broadly. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out U.S. policy. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. Not a single thing, number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China.
President Trump, deal with let, me, let me ask way, my question to you. But could I just one, one thing? Very quickly. His son didn't have a job for a long time, was sadly no longer in the military service. I won't get into that. And he didn't have a job. As soon as he became vice president, Burisma, not the best look, not the best reputation in the world. I hear they paid him 183,000 a month. Listen to this. 183, and they gave him a $3 million upfront payment. All right. And he had no I, energy I'm going to let the vice president That's respond to that quickly, and then dishonest. I need to get to a question to you very no quickly. No basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Hey, welcome back to the show. And instead of blaming their problems on random Republican of the week, the Democrats are blaming something they gaslit the American people about when it comes to Hunter Biden and his crumbled peace deal. Or, I mean, sorry, a plea deal, not peace deal. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Democrats blame Hunter's legal troubles on his addiction and questionable activities and claim Republicans are a million miles away from connecting Joe to foreign deals folks it's not true we have photos with joe hunter and various business partners that joe claims they have never met talked to or interacted with sorry narrative crumbling around you very quickly i hate to tell you but let's continue on shall we hunter Biden's plea deal uh pleaded not guilty on wednesday to tax and gun crimes when the judge informed him that he would not be shielded from future prosecutions. House Democrats sh uh, shied away from defending the first son, but claimed Hunter's def Oh, boy. I... Here's the thing. I said that they would go after Hunter Biden through Joe Biden, and they would be at an impasse when they realized that Joe Biden just is not fucked. Joe Biden does not care about Hunter Biden. There's not really much of a familiar kinship between the two, I imagine. But moving on. Does not reflect the president. Nothing that has surfaced in the last seven months of the, fi uh, of the fishing expedition has touched the president of the United States. That's not true. Nothing, said Jamie Raskins by Morgan Phillips. But I hate to tell you. Democrats cried foul over Republicans urging a judge to reject the plea deal during Hunter Biden's dramatic court appearance and claim his business exploits will not affect President Biden's uh, President Biden politically. It, it already has. What the fuck are you talking about? Cope harder, bitch. In an expected turn of events, Hunter Biden plea, uh, pleaded not guilty on Wednesday to a tax and gun crime when the judge informed him that he would not be shielded from future prosecution. The scandal hit first son is still on the hook for any crimes linked to foreign deals with China and Ukraine after the judge dramatically rejected the first son's plea agreement and would have shielded him from future charges and uh, seen him avoid jail. Now all those dreams are kaput. As Joe Biden once would have said, the malarkey has stopped. How's Democrats shied away from defending the first son but claimed Hunter's def de <clears throat> deviance not reflect on the president? 
quote, nothing that has surfaced in the last seven months of the fishing expedition has touched the president of the United States. Nothing, said Jamie Raskin, top Democrat of the Oversight Committee, who has played offense for his party to the GOP-led committee, uh, <clears throat> GOP-led committees, Biden's family business investigation since the Republicans took the majority. Say it with me, folks. We lost the midterms. Moving on. Quote, does Hunter Biden have his legal problems as an adult, <laughs> as an adult, have of major? What does that even? Biden have his legal problems as an adult have of men of a majority who had drug addiction. There's either a typo or you have a stroke mid sense, but that's how it's worded. And get involved in a lot of questionable activities. Yeah. So what? I mean, every family in America has had their own troubles with alcohol, he told Daily. Yeah, but not every family in America is the first fucking family. Homie, I hate this cope. I've seen this cope on Twitter. I've seen this cope everywhere, even in the wild. So to act like it's weird that people are concerned or want to know more about this, and especially, you know, if his dad, who is super close and talks about how much he loves his son and how they're always, you know... Do everything together, except for business. They, they've never ever had that kind of... They've never ever talked business together, ever. Not once, ever. I don't buy it. No one does. But that's why people care. People care because there's obviously something weird. Something stinks in the not-state of D.C. We're moving on. Raskin knocked Republicans for trying to intervene in the case after Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith filed. Ow. Ow. What the fuck? An amicus brief. What the fuck? It bit my tongue. An amicus brief. Actually, really sucked. Asking the judge to consider damning IRS whistleblower testimony and reject the sweetheart plea agreement. Quote, Based, I found it astonishing that people in the legislative branch of government would not only try to get involved in an ongoing case, but try to get involved in a plea bargain agreement. You know, I don't know if it's unprecedented, but it's definitely shocking. U.S. Attorney Leo Wise said one area that wouldn't be covered by the plea deal would be Foreign Assets uh, Registration Act, or FARA, the Foreign, Registra Foreign Asset Registration Act, FARA, charges, which could be implicated by an array of high-flying business deals that the U.S. District Judge Marilyn, Mary Ellen Norica caused to be read into court, oh my goodness, court record Wednesday in Wilmington. Nevertheless, if the first son, if Hunter's legal team and prosecutors can work out a plea deal, he could find a way to put his tax issues and the gun charges behind him. Hunter Biden's plea uh, pleaded not guilty. Quote, we'll have to see what happens. Rep. Jared Muska <laughs> Moskowitz, a Florida Democrat and a member of the Oversight Committee, told the DailyMail.com, quote, obviously, these are serious charges brought against him. But we are going to see where it goes. 
No one's above the law. Democrats have constantly said this. I'm looking forward to the next Trump indictment. Yes. The third one. Where you're saying all this big stuff's right now. We will talk about it, but again, it's the third one. I just... The only thing different about this one is it's January 6th related. And we all saw this one coming. Anyway, Special Counsel Jack Smith is investigating Trump for his actions to try and reverse his loss to Joe Biden, an official at the federal court in Washington, where the grand jury investigating Trump is sitting, said that no indictment would be handed down on Thursday, despite speculation. Last week, a pair of IRS whistleblowers testified that the Biden family had accepted around $17 million in foreign deals. An FBI document released by Republicans last week detailed a conversation between a confidential source and a Burisma CEO, Mayakola Zaleski, or Zolchleski, where the exchange uh, for then-Vice President urging Ukraine to fire Viktor Shokin, an allegedly corrupt prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. You're right. The guy investigating corruption was the corrupt one the whole time. Says the guy who is corrupt. Checks out. The document has not been verified. The Democrats insist the claims were already investigated by the FBI when the agency got a similar tip from Rudy Giuliani. This week, Speaker Kevin McCarthy sent shockwaves through the conference when he suggested investigations into the Biden uh, Biden family business deals could be rising to the level of impeachment inquiry. Yeah, it's getting to the point where we might start asking more questions about it. Fuck you, dude. Dragging your heels. That's the problem. The the right in this country, at least, and, and when I say that, I mean, this guy, Kevin McCarthy has performed with an 8 out of t- 7 out of 10 ratio. I've, I've stuck between, like, the 6 out of 10 and the 7 out of 10 ratio. Where you have, an, like, over half the time he does what we want him to, but that's also because, you know, it all depends on, on, on what position he holds in that particular bill, case, argument, what his surrounding and ex, you know, extenuating circumstances are, so on and so forth. But for him to sit back and be like, this might get to that level. Insane. It's at that level, you fucking goober. Knuckle dragger. Moving on. Quote, they're kind of running out of rope at, on this, said Ivy touting lowering inflation and recession fears. Quote, They've been trying for six or seven months now. They don't seem to have gotten uh, traction with any of it. Meanwhile, in uh, meantime, the Biden administration seems to be doing pretty good, especially with respect to the economy. Uh... Hmm. Okay. 2019, 1.8. That, that was the inflation rate in, in 2019. Okay. But the pandemic. Hmm. Weird. Annual change in 2020. Inflation actually went down 0.58%. Now, to be fair, the inflation does boomerang really sharply in 2021 because of all the stimulus checks and all that shit wasn't really counted in until the following tax year, right? So that's where you see this major 3.46% boom in inflation, right? But Joe Biden's the most competent, intelligent, intellectual president ever who has a super masterful attack of the economy, right? So... It's almost 2024, 2023, right? Joe Biden has had a good three, two and three quarters, three years to get everything done, right? And he's this mastermind of the economy, as everyone seen, as you seem to want to allege. What's the inflation rate today? Here we are. 
bls.gov or the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This is about the best you can get. June 20th, 2023. Official.gov website. Right? Search.gov. This is the government's website. The consumer price index on all urban consumers increased on, f- on all cons- urban consumers. It's general public. 4 point, uh, 4% from May 2022 to 2023. The smallest 12-month increase since March 2021. Consumer prices, as, by the way, the smallest since. And that's with bills and policies going around Ukraine funding starting to get rolled back. And a lot of big spending on government starting to get neutered by some of these GOP-led. Freedom Caucus, Matt Gates, Bobert, Cotton-type, Grassley-type-led committees are starting to roll back a lot of this big spending. Moving on. Consumer prices for food rose 6.7% in the year ended May 2023. For the year ended May 2023. That means this year. By the end of this year, food prices will rise 6.7. Right here. Consumer prices for food rose 6.7% for the year ended May 2023. It's a weird word in .gov because we're not at the year ended 2023. While consumer prices for energy fell 11.7%, the largest decrease since June 2022. Fair. I'm not intellectually grounded enough to actually give you a solid argument as to why that's probably not adjusted properly, but we'll roll with it. But people's food and their general spending is up under Joe Biden. Not to mention you have constant issues with food supplies and resources, and so on and so forth, where it's just not doing great for any American citizen right now. People go to the store every day. People go to the gas station. They look at, I'm drinking a Rip It right now. Under Donald Trump, it was 99 cents. with a 10 cent deposit. It is now $1.25. One example. Newports, they've gone about two bucks. American Spirits, about three. Ish, depending on where you are. California, everyone's pocketbook is being hit. This isn't you're trying to gaslight people about how the economy is doing. Buddy, you're not going to fool anyone. Here's the, uh, the Rippet Stinger Mo. Not too bad, though Rippet's three new flavors are absolute talk shit. Quote, I think Democrats, especially in the House, feel real good about where we are. I hope so. Because the walls are getting a little bit closer in every day. Might be wrong. Might be hyperbolic. But we'll see. I'm feeling pretty good about how things are starting to line up. New York Democrat Rep. Dan Goldman, a former federal prosecutor, brushed off the plea deal uh, blow up as a, quote, routine technical dispute. Quote, I don't think it has anything to do with new news or any outside influence. He added, rejecting the idea that the judge had considered whistleblower testimony while knocking Republicans for investigating or for intervening. My apologies. Quote, Republicans continue to try and intervene in the Department of Justice proceedings, mostly to defend Donald Trump from the halls of Congress, says the side protecting again. Hey, pot, it's kettle. You're black. We get it. Move on. They continue to abuse their power and exceed their authority. Says the guy defending the side, putting parents on watch list for saying they don't want books in schools. Got it. Biden, on Thursday, ignored a question about whether the Justice Department blew his son's plea deal. After the judge exposed different interpretations between the two legal teams 
about what conduct would be immunized from prosecution. The president's son left the court without speaking to the media Wednesday, and his legal team also stayed mum early. Actually, at this point, parts of the agreement. This is actually looking like stuff we've already covered, and we're at the end of the article here right now. It'll be getting into the Trump indictment, too, but I have to get to that episode to record it. So, we're going to wrap this episode up here. We have more episodes coming out about the Hunter Biden plea deal and how it blew up in court. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys later. First time in London, I was so young. Keelan woke me up in the morning and said, you're going to meet a prince today. I didn't know at that point that I was going to be trafficked to that prince. And then that night, Prince Andrew came to her house in, in London, and we went out to Club Tramp. Prince Andrew got me alcohol. It was in the VIP section. It was, I'm pretty sure it was vodka. Prince Andrew was like, let's dance together. And I was like, okay. And, and we leave Club Tramp. And I hop in the car with Ghislaine and Jeffrey. And Ghislaine said he's coming back to the house. And I want you to do for him what you do for Epstein. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that even royalty were involved. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and good morning to everyone. Just have some administrative matters first. I wanted to introduce into the record page 50, 55 from the committee's interview with FBI employee Roya Demlo, who you just spoke about, which took place on July 17, 2023. Uh, in that line, she says, uh, the question was asked, okay, if someone were to leave here today, were to leave this interview and were to suggest or imply that when you said the laptop was real, that it meant that the FBI had affirmatively determined in October 2020 that the laptop belonged to Hunter Biden, that the contents belonged to Hunter Biden, and that the contents had not been manipulated in some way, would they be representing what you said, correct? Answer by Ms. Demlo, they would be representing what I said because I don't have much knowledge of that. They would be misrepresenting what I said because I don't have much knowledge of that. Uh, because this committee likes to misrepresent or leave off complete sentences of what individuals said. I believe um, the ranking member said she was deeply concerned um, about the affiliation. And we seem to have a guilty by association theme going on here. And so I just have to state for the record that I myself am deeply concerned about the affiliation of the convicted sex trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein, of which the ranking member took campaign donation money from. So I think that's the beauty of the First Amendment is that we have a right to say what we want to say, but we also have the right to be offended. So I just wanted to point that out. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rose James Madison. And two things. One. Uh, we're going to do try to do shorter episodes today. I have a lot to talk about, not a lot of time to record, and I need these episodes to render and process as fast as possible. Not to mention, I have a bunch of meme compilations to upload, so I have a lot going on and not a lot to do. It's 1 a.m. right now. I have until 6.30 to record and get things uploaded, so speed run. So short episodes, but the compilation, a lot will be covered. That being said, let's get into this. So, we have an update in the ongoing investigation of many prominent figures, both running and 
around JP Morgan Chase and how they're connected to one Jeffrey Epstein. That being said, let's get into it. Billionaire Leon Black's $158 million payment to Jeffrey Epstein sparks Senate investigation. Ooh, that's right, folks. A Senate investigation into somebody connected to Jeffrey Epstein. And it's predicated on Jeffrey Epstein's link exclusively. That means we're starting to see it may not be a big name, but it is a powerful name with a lot of connections. And where one doesn't talk, maybe another one will. That being said, we were starting to think we wouldn't get any of these. But now here we are. Actual motion going forward to investigate somebody. Now we we get results, more arrests. Who knows? But to be fair, some people said we wouldn't even get this investigation even talked about. But here it is. So let's get into the details of it, shall we? This article is by Tara Suter from the 25th of July, 2023. Pardon me. Continuing on. The Senate Finance Committee announced Tuesday that it is conducting an investigation into a billionaire Apollo Global Management co-founder Leon Black's financial ties with disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. The investigation's findings allegedly include a, quote, transaction Epstein devised to help Black avoid more than $1 billion in federal taxes raised. The probe originally began as part of a, quote, part of the border broader review of the means by which the ultra-wealthy avoid or evade federal taxes, according to the statement from the panel. Quote, the committee's investigations began in June 2022 and was prompted by inconsistencies in a report by the law firm Deckard LLP that Apollo's board of directors commissioned to examine Black's ties to Epstein. Quote, the statement reads, quote, the Deckard report found Black paid Epstein who was neither a licensed tax attorney nor a certified public accountant, a total of $158 million in several installments between 2012 and 2017. Now, that's a hell of a payout over a very short amount of time. According to the committee, Black, the former chairman and CEO of Apollo, has, quote, refused to answer questions or provide any documents that could demonstrate how Epstein's compensation for uh, tax and estate planning services was determined or justified. Quote, Unfortunately, the inadequate responses you have provided the committee only raise more questions than answers and fails to address a number of tax issues my staff has uncovered over the course of this investigation. The committee chair, Ron Wyden, a Democrat, a Democrat for from Oregon, pardon me, said in a letter to Black, quote, this includes understanding the amount by which you were overpaid, income from assets placed in a trust while devising a scheme to ensure that those assets worth billions of dollars would remain outside of the taxable estate. That's right, folks, just like when it comes to Al Capone, do not fuck with a tax man. Anyway. Additionally, let's see, would remain outside your tax estate. Additionally, you have refused to answer questions or provide documents related to payments you made to Epstein or substantiate how the payments were calculated or were compensation for services. 
A woman filed a lawsuit in November accusing Black of raping her and accusing Jeffrey Epstein of having helped faci facilitate the attack. Black's legal team denied the allegations at the time. And he stepped down from his position at Apollo after they became public. Epstein was arrested in July 2019. In July 2019 on charges of abuse. I don't know why it's written there. In July 2019. In July 2019. The Hill. Clean your ass up. Seriously. Anyway. My sloppy dys dyslexic ass is the last person to criticize anyone for typos to be completely fair. Moving on. 2019 on charges of abusing and trafficking minors, but died by suicide. Now, the only real conspiracy theory. Now, that's a fucking dangerous conspiracy theory, folks. Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually a pretty wild conspiracy theory. You know, I'm usually in, into the conspiracy theories, but I don't know if I believe that one. The Hill, though. My. You guys are interesting. Let's continue on. In prison before trial, he was 66 at the time of his death at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York City. Now, mind you, in a high-security uh, cell where no one noticed, no one was watching, and no one had an eye on anything going on. It's just, oops. Right. And now, continuing on. Epstein-JP Morgan Connection. New claims about alleged sex traffickers' ties to bank. Ex-JP Morgan private banking chief Jess Stanley expensed numerous visits to the alleged sex trafficker Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein's island. Court documents filed overnight. Alleged. That's right. Overnight. And this, again, is from the 25th. It is now the 28th of July. Interesting. Quick updates in the middle of the night. I want to report this a little bit sooner, but again, very busy. Back to work, a lot of tech problems, hence why I'm trying to get these short episodes up out ASAP. Let's continue on. What's this? For Epstein's relationships. JP Morgan. Oh, what happened? Hold on. JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon has claimed that he was unaware America's largest bank had convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein as a client. But in new court filings, Federal prosecutors allege that J.P. Morgan's top private banker was allowed to expense numerous trips to Epstein's now notorious private estate in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Last month, J.P. Morgan paid $290 million to settle a civil lawsuit brought by an anonymous Epstein victim who accused the bank of helping to facilitate Epstein's crimes. But an avalanche of documents that dropped last night indicates that the feds are not done alleging that the megabank was complicit in Epstein's alleged sex trafficking operation before his 2019 death in a Manhattan jail cell. JP Morgan has attempted to lay the blame for Epstein's relationship squarely on the former senior executive, Jeff Staley. The new legal filings cast doubt on that assertion. Now, isn't that a bit of an interesting sudden update, folks? There's a lot of motion going forward to suddenly get to, again, societally speaking, the average person isn't going to know, but people like you, people like me, people who read and follow this story, seeing two big financial figures dragged into court, not only dragged into court before Senate, and not only dragged in, well, sorry, not court, but dragged in before Senate, they also are tied directly 
to tangible accusations you can point out in various mainstream outlets. I started with The Hill. The Hill is considered center. Again, be like, look, they even talk about Epstein and all these tax frauds that's tried to Epstein. Now, I say that like some people don't know about Jeffrey Epstein and whatever, but there's a lot of people hardline out there who just do not believe Epstein is real because they were told not to believe it was real. I don't know what to tell you, but I've met these people. They are alarming. I don't know how they exist or why they exist, but they're out there. It scares me. Moving on. JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dilton is ha, or has maintained that he was unaware America's largest bank had a convinced had convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein as a client, but new court filings and federal prosecutors alleged JP Morgan's top private banker was allowed to expense numerous trips to Epstein's now notorious private estate in the U.S. Virgin, Virgin Islands. Last month, J.P. Morgan Chase paid $290 million to settle a civil lawsuit brought by an anonymous Epstein victim who accused the bank of helping to facilitate Epstein's crimes, but an avalanche of documents that dropped last night indicate that the feds are not done alleging that the mega bank was complicit in Epstein's alleged sex trafficking operation. Yeah, no shit. Before his 2019 death in the Manhattan jail cell. No, uh, no claims of how that happened. You're more honorable than the Hill. And while the while in a countersuit, J.P. Morgan Chase has attempted to lay the blame for Epstein's relationship squarely on former senior executive Jess Stanley, the private banking chief. The new legal filing uh, attempts to cast doubt on that assertion. Lawyers from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Virgin Islands have moved to make J.P. Morgan admit that it allowed Stanley to expense visits he made to see Epstein, including one trip while Epstein was incarcerated in Florida after his 2018, or sorry, correction, 2008 sentencing. My apologies. For soliciting underage prostitutes, J.P. Morgan also allowed Epstein to wire funds to his victims via accounts set up for that purpose. The new filings, that is damning. You caught that, right? Money to pay out to victims. Now, based on this context, it's very easy to think, okay, well, yeah, you know, they're underage prostitutes. He has to pay them, right? I wonder how many victims were paid off big money to not talk or ever come forward. I wonder if they ever will come forward. Perhaps the higher the payment to keep your mouth shut, the less willing to come forward you are because the more they're willing to pay you, the more impl- you know, the more you could implicate these people if you come forward, but also the more damning information, the more the target and nonstop eyes on you are. Food for thought. But continuing on. Again, that might be proven in court. It might not be proven in court. It's just something uh, I'm thinking from the sidelines here, of course. Moving on. Filings cast on assertion. J.P. Morgan Chase of Virginia Islands moved to make J.P. Morgan admit that it allowed Stanley to expense visits to Epstein's Island 2008 since seen prostitutes, his victims via counsel for that purpose. The f- new filings claim. There we go. They also allege that Demon, Diamond, sorry, was with Stanley on the 2009 trip to London, during which Stanley met with one of Epstein's victims. 
This ain't it, chief. Moving on. Even in a case that has already sent shockwaves across Wall Street and beyond, the torrent of paperwork filed in a federal court for the Southern District of New York overnight contains new bombshells. There are five listed here, so let's get into them. One, the feds allege that J.P. Morgan knew that Stanley's success as success as president of the private bank until uh, he was tied largely to his... Re- uh, restart on that, my apologies. Quote, the feds allege that J.P. Morgan knew that Stanley's success as president of the private bank unit was tied largely to his relationship with Epstein. Point two. In the filings, the USVI also alleges that Epstein was a was the private bank's top revenue generator by double. We are talking about J.P. Morgan Chase here, folks. Chase. Fun fact about Chase, actually. Little story about me. My first iPod back when I was a re- wee lad. It was a little five gigabyte iPod I got from Chase Bank for setting up my first account in like 2007. That's hilarious. As you just saw, there was like nothing about that thing being out there. This is all I could find. That's kind of wild. Yep. That was the first I whatever I had. And I got it from Chase Bank. Kind of surprised there's not more information about that. That that is that was actually a pretty uh cool little uh little deal. Anyway, I'm just saying my, my whole point is at one point, this bank, and mind you, this is leading up from 2003 and 2008 when they were still doing business together, right? Jeffrey Epstein was their top revenue generator. The implications of that, the amount of money that you would have to generate to maintain that is alarming. It's fucking staggering. Wild. Moving on. Um... Revenue generated by double in 2003 thanks to bringing in clients like Bill Gates, Google co-founder Sergey Brin, billionaire financiers Leon Black, huh, where have we heard that name before, Thomas Pitzker, and Glenn Dublin, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, the Sultan of Dubai, and Britain's Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew's, his everything with him has been confirmed. Again, something that people said wouldn't happen. The filing cites a December 2008 email 
So many names are now involved in this investigation. So many big names. That was just a raffle list. And now Senate has this list. And they're making moves. They're going forward with it. Will more people get arrested? We don't know. But folks, you may believe, well, she's not actually locked up. She's on some secret island somewhere, man. If you, if you actually know her, yeah, you trust the plan, homie, all you want. But people said Ghislaine Maxwell would never stand trial. Now, she was found guilty of trafficking children to no one, but she was found guilty of human trafficking. People know who she's connected to. Photos of her and Epstein are all over the internet. Not hard to find. This is one more thing. You can show the normies. You can brag about. And it's one more step towards these horrific monsters who have so much financial power over everyone's lives in this country through their connections to each other, politicians, business interests, venture capitalists, so on and so forth, or crony capitalists. Venture cronyists, as I should call them, I guess. All these conspiring evil people are coming down. At least, hopefully, right? Again, I'm more optimistic. Some people, understandably, are not. I don't want to sit here and be like, I, yes, it's going to happen. My opinion, if I had to bet, I think a good handful of these people, maybe not all of them, but a good handful of them, will be arrested. Will be directly because of Epstein. Will Epstein be in the final ruling of their guilty verdict? Probably not. Plea deals happen. But it's moving forward, nonetheless. It's a big deal. Celebrate it. Don't mean to repeat myself so much, but I'm, I'm excited about this. The filing and moving on. Point three. The filing cites a December 2008 email sent by Mary Rhodes, CEO of JP Morgan Assets and Wealth Management, asking Stanley to get Epstein's help with uh, help in the aftermath of Bernie Madoff's massive Ponzi scheme. Coming to light, quote, we have hundreds of clients. You can call J.E. Jeffrey Epstein to get the scoop from down there. The email allegedly said Madoff was also a private bank client. Point four, uh, a bend by Stanley and his colleagues. Prosecutors further allege that Epstein was able to wire millions of purported hush money to his alleged victims. Alleged victims? Okay. Uh, I thought, what well, happened to believe all all women, folks? I thought that was a thing, right? Are, are we still doing that? I mean, it was just, what, two years ago we were ruined Johnny Depp's, we were still ruining Johnny Depp's life with it until it went back to court, and then we were all like, oh, shit, maybe he actually was innocent. Moving on. Point five, the final one. Filings also claim that Stanley used his J.P. Morgan email account to communicate with Epstein regarding a woman that referred to as, quote, Snow White. I wonder what that has to do with. Previous filings have alleged that Snow White was one of the victims of Epstein's alleged sex trafficking. J.P. Morgan does not appear ready to make many or even any of its administrations uh, proposed by the USVI. The bank unleashed its own filing frenzy on Monday night, stating in one that, quote, this is not a case about Jeffrey Epstein's victims. This is a case in which a complicit gubernatorial actor governmental actor the united states virgin islands knowingly use its sovereign powers to enable epstein's sex crimes yeah absolutely and now the piper might be coming to get paid that being said this has been inside four walls everyone's james madison and i shall talk to you guys later up oh, i gotta go down here and use this because 
So, Sleepy Joe heard Hunter got away with just a slap on the wrist. Must be nice having the Justice Department in your back pocket. Well, Donnie, the Injustice Department has a certain ring to it. But hey, at least my son isn't facing a life sentence like you'll be getting for your next parking ticket. At least I'll win the meter maid vote. Hey, welcome back. And in the 11th hour, when Hunter Biden thought all his legal troubles were behind him, indeed, I as well, to the point where I refer this to multiple times, Hunter Biden's plea deal, as a baptism to cleanse him of all his wrongdoings, a slap on the wrist at most for crimes that would put any one of us behind bars. But not just that. They ignored even more severe crimes they knew he had committed. And the DOJ announced this plea deal like it was a great deal. Huge thing. And then all these whistleblowers started coming out saying, Hey, uh, guys, this deal is fucky. There's a lot of weird shit with this deal. And then it continued on. Hunter Biden walks into the court, cocky, suited up. Lawyers on his side. Big shit-eating grin on his face. And the judge says, uh, yeah, I'm going to gut your fucking plea deal. This isn't happening. We'll be talking about that in the next couple uploads. And oh my good giddy god, is it fucking glorious. I love this story so much. Guys, whatever you're doing, it's fucking working. This is phenomenal. I love this. Who's been an extra good guy this, this year, right? Someone made Santa Claus very happy because of the karma... In the air with this one is great. And there's a lot of different potential outcomes. There's a lot of different angles people are arguing with this judge about. Some are saying this judge is doing a good thing to help Hunter. Some say that she's doing a bad thing to help Hunter. Some say she's a good she's doing a good thing to stop and put Hunter behind bars. Some say she's doing a bad thing to stop and put Hunter behind bars. There's a lot of people coming at it from a lot of different ways. I genuinely think she got caught off guard by a lot of corruption in this case. And is trying to figure out how to get her bearings going forward. Because this case didn't go the way anyone thought it would today. They probably didn't even expect her to read. Sorry, her. They probably didn't... I'm stupid. Moving on. They probably didn't expect the judge to read the full plea agreement. And when, she, when, and when the judge... I don't know why I keep on when I say she. Anyway, but when the judge did, the judge had a lot of questions. And that question's would eventually snowball and destroy Hunter Biden's hope. That being said, let's get into it. Hunter Biden pleads not guilty. Anyone surprised? No, 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 we all knew that was coming. Moving on. Tax and gun charges and could face further charges over his business deals in China and Ukraine after original sweetheart deal sensationally collapsed. <clears throat> Folks, Savor this in. And not only did this news break, and a couple hours later, the news that Donald Trump would be indicted. His, his uh, indictment was expedited, the January 6th commission. And also, I have a very limited time, and I'll be dedicating approximately zero of that time talking about fucking UFOs. It's all a distraction, folks. Said it was, I talked about the UFOs. As far as I'm concerned, there's no new updates with the UFOs. We have actual whistleblowers being killed, disappearing, going missing, going into hiding, and coming forward in the last minute, and then even being indicted, arrested, indicted and arrested. Meanwhile, all these UFO whistleblowers can just 
come forward <coughs> willy-nilly going on all these TV shows and podcasts. Fuck off. Don't buy it. Distractions. Look up at the sky, not around you, folks. That's what they want you to do. So instead, focus on what's going on around you and not above you. Because there is something greater above you. And for the time being, he'll take care of things above you. You gotta take care of what's going on around you. And that starts by being up on this fucking story. Let's get into it. Hunter's court appearance spiraled into chaos after first plea deal fell apart. U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Norica questioned the terms of the agreement. New compromise... Oh, no. New compromised hashed out means. Hunter is still on the hook for more crimes. Article by Golf Early, U.S. Deputy po- uh, Political Editor for the Daily Mail. Published the 26th of July. It is now the 28th. But we have more new updated stories about this. Continuing on. Hunter Biden was unexpectedly unexpectedly pled not guilty uh, to tax and gun crimes after his sweetheart deal uh, plea deal collapsed in a sensational court hearing. The scandal first hit the, uh, hit the first son is also still on the hook. Or sorry, the scandal hit first son is also on the hook for many other crimes linked to foreign deals with China and Ukraine after the judge dramatically rejected the first agreement that would have shielded him from further charges and seen him avoid jail. Hunter had arrived at the federal court in Wilmington, Delaware, expecting to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and to walk away with a slap on the wrist. But in a stunning turn of events, the first agreement unraveled and the latest plea deal over his failure to pay uh, to pay taxes and lying about his crack cocaine addiction when he bought a gun was put on hold. <coughs> Sorry, folks. Something in my throat. And I did not get the promotion if you were going to ask. Moving on. Hunter initially said, quote, Yes, Your Honor when asked by the judge if he would plead guilty to two misdemeanors and admitted he's been in rehab six times in 20 years for addiction to alcohol and drugs. The hearing then turned when the Department of Justice lawyer warned Hunter he could still be charged uh, for potential violations for failing to register as a foreign agent over his shady deals, which Republicans say involved his father, Joe, a.k.a. the president. That's right, folks. He is still on the hook for Burisma and so much more. He, We all thought all that shit was just going to go in the Wayfair and just be gone forever like a kid now through Wayfair. But no, folks. It's a joke, by the way. But no, folks. Hunter Biden is still on the hook for all this corruption and more. I don't know if it was luck, a great judge, or what. But everything just fell so beautifully into place when all hope seemed lost. And this is why I remain perpetually hopeful for more optimistic and better outcomes down the road. At that news. Delivered by top prosecutor, Lo Weiss. Or Leo Weiss. Leo Wise, my apologies. Hunter's attorney, Chris Clark, snapped that the deal was, quote, null and void. There were signs of trouble 
from the get-go. When U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Norica, let me turn on my brightness a little bit. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Allow, uh, allowed, she had concerns about the diversion agreement. She was she asked Wise if he had ever seen a diversion agreement so broad that it encompasses crimes in different cases. Oh, crimes in a different case. Damn. The judge looked through and said, wait, wait a fucking, what the fuck is this? You can only, I assumed everyone was in on this. And the one time, I'm like, that's it. Hunter's going to walk all his crimes, just going to get away with it. The one time I'm like that, this shit happens. Folks, rejoice. It's so good. Quote, what happens if I reject this plea, she asked. I don't mean to violate the separation of powers or do anything unconstitutional. When she pressed the parties on areas of confusion, Clark said he didn't agree with the government's characterization. Quote, then there's no deal? Why said in court, quote, as far as I'm concerned, the agreement's null and void. Clark weighed in. That set off another round of talks, a.k.a. As we've heard from leaked uh, reports and people who were in the room and at all in the courtroom while this happened, uh, talks were more like loud yelling. The fear in this meth junkie's soul, hearing the judge and both sides of the aisle scream at each other. Mm, magnifique. Now let's move. On. That set off another round of talks after the judge agreed to give them more time. With the government and team Hunter getting behind it once again. The case unraveled after a dramatic 24 hours in which Hunter's attorneys were threatened with, sanc with sanctions over an alleged prank call to remove bombshell testimony from the IRS whistleblower. Yeah, here's the thing about that prank, prank call. Hunter Biden's defense called the judge, impersonating the other side, and saying, oh, actually, we don't want this evidence admitted in court anymore. And then when caught, they said, oh, it was a prank. It was a prank. Bro, it's a prank. It's a prank. It's a prank, bro. What the fuck? Says Fousey 2 before he gets knocked the fuck out. It's a prank, bro. See, this is why you got sick to using real actors. When you actually go Rogan in the field all cocky like this, and you get someone who's not a paid member of your little, uh, you know, stunt you're trying to pull here publicly, shit like this happens, and it gets real fucking dicey. And it's good to know that this judge has a fucking soul. It's always reassuring. Even though it doesn't make me feel like the system can be redeemed, it is nice to know that there is at least certain moving parts in an overarching corrupt system that shine. And they stand out for that. And this judge, wonderful person. Continuing on. Prank called to remove bombshell testimony from the IR from an IRS whistleblower from the docket. His lawyers claimed it was a simple mistake. Uh, yeah, a simple mistake in which we called the judge, impersonating the other side, right? Uh, in impersonating the prosecution. Right, the defense called the judge 
said, hey, judge, this isn't the defense. This is actually the prosecution, and we don't want our main evidence actually admitted anymore. And the judge was like, uh, why? What is happening? Kind of, this needs to be a fucking movie. Tell me there's not, like, sitcom potentials here. Continuing on. But the matter put the judge in a fighting mood, as it fucking should. You rattle the cage, and here you go. And she demanded Hunter's team provide an explanation by 9 p.m. Tuesday night. The incident did not come up in open court Monday. At the start of the sensational hearing, Hunter stepped out of the motorcade in silence with a police escort and walked across the sidewalk alongside his legal team and surrounded by Secret Service agents. He walked into the federal court in downtown Wilmington, Delaware, alongside his sugar brother and lawyer, Tevin Morris, who was seen smoking a bong during a visit from the presidential son from the president's son last week. That's right, folks. Don't you love to fucking hear it? It's wonderful. Let's check this out real quick. I'll leave a link to this article in the description below. But it is, again, just one of those magnificent moments. Only brought to you. Only capable of being brought to you by the first son and his father, Joe fucking Biden. Folks, chef's kiss. Fucking magnifique, right? You'll love to see it. Hunter Biden and his fucking attorney. At, right? I thought this guy was clean. I thought he was squeaky clean, right? That's what you've been told all this time? Oh, and we have some real funny, kicking fucking stories about him being clean. Remember back in the day, when you talk about Hunter Biden being addicted to anything, it was a, oh, you are you have no ability to move on. Oh, the Christian right can't exercise any forgiveness, can't give any grace. Oh, you just think that this guy's a junkie forever, right? Once a junkie, always a junkie. See, us lefties, us liberals, we think people can change and grow, unlike you monsters who think people are just trapped as the one way. Dog, gaslight harder to someone else. This guy was tweaking. On the 4th of July. They found cocaine at the White House. His attorney was busted doing bong rips. At his estate. With him. And you're sitting here doing everything you can. To gaslight as many people as you can. About this. You're right. He just stood there. While his fucking attorney. Did massive bong rips. His attorney he calls his. Sugar brother. Folks. Are you retarded? Do you believe this? Do you buy this? I hope not. I will leave a link to this whole story in the description below. But let's get back to this one. Insane. Hunter revealed to the judge that he was first treated for alcohol abuse in 2003 and was last in an inpatient facility in 2018. In 2003, folks, I was six. Moving on. He then insisted he's been sober since 2019. When warned, he faced random drug testing under the condition of his release. Folks, again, again, I don't know why I keep saying folks. That's just my flavor of the day. Again, obviously he wasn't clean. He got magically clean. Almost two decades, almost 20 full years of hardcore, desperate drug fiending. 
And right before his dad starts running for president, he just magically cleaned up. Right. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, exactly who bought that? Oh, I know. A lot of fucking people who only believed mainstream narratives. And now here they are, blindsided about what's going on with Hunter Biden. But that's also why they're pushing UFOs and Trump's indictment. Again, third indictment. I have an episode coming out about that. I'm just kind of nervous to record about that because as soon as I record about that, something could change in it. Same thing with this story, but moving on. He then insisted he was, he's been sober since 2019. When warned, he faced random drug testing under the conditions of his release. But in one potentially damning admission under questioning by the judge, he admitted he was sober when he filed his 2019 return for his 2017-2018. He said he was in the throes of addiction, which he acknowledged in his autobiography. Prosecutors had recommended uh, probation for Hunter for not paying between $1.1 and $1.5 million in federal taxes in 2017 to 2018, despite his substantial income from Ukraine and Chinese energy companies. Cocaines and energy companies. Well, you know, this guy loved his energy. Had high energy levels. Between cocaine, coffee, and barisma, this man was the energizer bunny with a runny bloody nose. Or a stuffy nose, depending on the uh, consistency and what he did it with. And how he did it, but we know he liked to smoke it through a little, uh, a little rose. Moving on. They also scolded him for continuing to, quote, spend wildly on his lavish lifestyle while he had the funds to pay back what he owed. Now, mind you, he has a, he has a son, or, uh, sorry, a daughter, a grand, uh, a daughter, and Joe Biden has a granddaughter that they refuse to claim because Joe Biden knocked up a stripper. And they refuse to claim this child. So this child is having a rough go at it. One mom household, one income. And no one in the Biden family is willing to claim this child. Even though we have DNA tests, we have paternity results. It's a shame. It's a shame. Moving on. He could have faced up to 12 months in prison for the tax crimes. And then 10 years for lying about his crack cocaine addiction on a federal form when buying a gun. But the agreement sp- Sparked a fury from Republicans who demanded the judge block it. The deal had also been under intense scrutiny over the bombshell testimony from the whistleblower, claiming he got uh, preferential treatment during the five-year investigation from the U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Uh, we reported that on it the day that story came out. Well, a few times actually, the other day it came out. How about that? They also alleged that senior officials tipped off Secret Service agents that they wanted to interview the president's son. Now remember, we had stories from back when Obama was president about the Secret Service getting all hopped up on all kinds of drugs back in the day. I wonder who they were partying with. Hmm. They also alleged that senior officials tipped off Secret Service. Moving on. Uh, agents said they wanted to interview the president's son. Hunter Biden arrives at the court. 9 in 10 News is live streaming the 7th. Hunter Biden přijel sem soudu za přísných bezpečnostních opatření včetně... Ano. Přijel sem soudu za přísných bezpečnostních opatření včetně prezidentské ochranky a také velké mediální přítomnosti. 
Hunter Biden přijel k sem soudu za přísných bezpečnostních opatření, včetně prezidentské ochranky a taky velké mediální přítomnosti. Hunter Biden přijel k sem soudu za přísných bezpečnostních opatření, včetně Hunter Biden přijel k sem soudu za přísných bezpečnostních opatření, včetně prezidentské ochrany. Well, that's confident. Uh, yesterday morning, wasn't he? Moving on. Yeah, he looks. Uh, he looks real happy, real confident how the day is gonna go. Oh, there he is. Looks more like a, if you told me this was a, some if you pull this photo up, you ask me who this person was, I'd ask you if they were like some kind of like washed up artist from the eighties or seventies. Don't they have that kind of like meatloaf's guitarist look to them? Moving on. The irony of having uh, dogs there. Moving on. You can see here the arrest form. Are you an unlawful user? Of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance. Warning. The use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medical or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. So in this gun form, folks. Big lie right there. You know, X the doubt. Moving on. What a great photo. The night before the hearing, Hunter flew alongside Morse in a private jet from Los Angeles to Philadelphia. The same evening, Joe, or uh, Judge Nor uh, ow, sorry, Norica, was at the center of drama after she threatened Hunter's lawyers with sanctions. But Hunter's lawyer blamed allegations, uh, blamed allegations they uh, conspired to, uh, to a lie simply. Uh, to a quote unfortunate misunderstanding. So sorry. There's give me one second. All right. So sorry about that. I'm having some uh, tech issues. I saw the corner of my eye. Moving on. But Hunter's lawyers blamed allegations of conspiracy to lie. Unfortunate quote. The matter under consideration appears to stem from an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication between a staff member at our firm and employees of the court. We have no idea how. The misunderstanding occurred, but our understanding is there was no mis <clears throat> sorry misrepresentation. Matthew Solorino wrote to Judge Norica on Tuesday evening. He claimed that Jessica Bengals, Bengalas, my apologies, the Latham staffer accused of of pretending to be from another law firm. Ha again. Hunter Biden is the defense. The defense impersonated the prosecution over the phone. You cannot underestimate, and you cannot, un like, there are very few ways to put into words just how, how unfathomably fucked that is, especially when you get caught. Like, oh my god. But imagine if they didn't get caught right at the time. What would have happened? They would have gone in court and then the people would have been like, hey, what about that evidence? Oh, you said you want the evidence removed. No, we didn't. That would have caused another bombshell of an entirely different variety. Wild. 
moving on. A uh, number which show uh, which should show up as quote Latham on the clerk's caller ID, indicating that she was calling from the legal firm Latham and Watkins, favorite law firm of the Clintons, by the way. Silreno attached an affidavit from Bengalis, in which she claims she initially called a court clerk called Julia from her Latham phone, identified her truthfully but was later called back by a different clerk. Samantha, quote, at around 11.54 a.m., another court employee called uh, my Latham and Watkins number, which I believe she knew through uh, caller ID, to let me know she would be removing the material from the docket. Bengalis wrote, quote, She did not ask which law firm I was affiliated with, but at no time during this call did I mention anything about my law firm affiliation. I believe there may be there may have been some confusion when Julia passed information on to the other court employee, resulting in a mistaken understanding that I had called from Mr. Oh my god. Katila's firm. Ooh. Quote, I am completely confident that I never indicated that I was calling for Mr. Katila's firm or that I was with him in any way. Oh, you mean a... Uh, look, first off, I don't believe you. I do not believe your story at all. No one fucking should. You lied. Already. And addressing that lie, you said, well, actually, this is what I said, and I never... It's called a lie by omission. Even if you want to pull this fucking game with me. A lie by omission is still a fucking lie. She was referred to Theodora Kalita, the attorney representing the GOP House Ways and Means Committee. The misdemeanor charges Hunter is facing stem from unpaid taxes and lying about his drug use when he bought a Colt Cobra 38 SPL revolver. Ooh, nice. Not a big fan of revolvers, but I can appreciate the look. Nice aesthetics. In October 2018, Delaware, where the first son purchased the uh, 38 caliber pistol, makes any buyer answer a series of questions before they can lay their hands on a weapon. Ooh, those feelings from the very same gun laws, the very same quote-unquote common-sense gun laws that the left pretend doesn't actually exist that they put in place, that does in fact exist, gets your favorite president, talking to the left listening, the very few people who actually do who are on the left, your president was stopped by the very same gun laws you claim that don't exist. Well, your first son, I guess, of America was stopped by the very same gun, common sense gun control, that the left perpetually says doesn't exist, isn't strong enough to actually catch criminals. Well, here it is, tripping upon her Biden. Wild. Moving on. From the 2018 application asks if the applicant uses or is addicted to drugs. The box is clearly checked no, which Hunter was first charged, uh, which was Hunter's first charge. The president and first lady said they were, quote, proud of him. However, the White House has avoided discussing Hunter's legal troubles by claiming he is a private citizen or referring questions to the Department of Justice, his lawyer Christopher Christopher Clark said last month, quote, I know Hunter believes it is important to take responsibility for these mistakes he made during a period of turmoil and addiction in his life. 
He looks forward to con continuing his recovery and moving forward. Oh, bud. That being said, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. We have another episode coming out, ASAP. And I've been your James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys later. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, as Kevin McCarthy talks about how he thinks he can just now start getting an impeachment inquiry possibly going, Joe Biden is just chuckling when asked about being impeached. Now, to be fair, Joe Biden chuckles at just about anything, just like his vice president does. The only difference is Joe Biden's chuckling because he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about or what's going on anymore. I don't know what this video is going on, but anyway, he's an old man with dementia. They kind of just do that. You ever, any of you have anybody in your family with dementia? You ask them like a hard question and they just go, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like they're half confused and laughing. The other half is they're being sarcastic, sundown type giggles. That just kind of happens. But that's sort of that, you know, while I think maybe something could come of this at bare minimum, this will bring information to more normies as normies are like, well, why is he being impeached? And then they force people to look into it. You know, that, that that's at bare minimum the best you can hope for this, right? And I'll take that. That's all I can get. Biden simply smiles while ignoring questions about Hunter Biden, McCarthy impeachment threat. Continuing on, President Biden just smiled Tuesday while de declined to answer questions about his alleged role in calls with his son, Hunter Biden's business partners, and about House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's looming threat of an impeachment inquiry. Quote, Why were you on calls with your son's partners? A reporter for The Post asked President Biden at the end of an event on mental health in the White House. <laughs> wow. The irony there. In the White House East Room. In reference to Hunter's, Hunter's longtime partner, Tevin Archer's damning planned testimony for Congress next week, the 80-year-old president froze with a hand still on his lectern and looked at the questioner before flashing a smile as he walked off stage. So maybe you did hit a nerve, huh? And mingling with guests, Biden faced a barrage of similar questions as he passed journalists lining the doorway to the East Room. Mr. Quote, Mr. Biden McCarthy says he may start an impeachment inquiry. Fox News journalist Jaquar Heinrich began as Biden walked within a few feet of her while exiting the room. Upon hearing the word impeachment, Biden again flashed a broad smile without giving a verbal answer as he shuffled out of the room without stopping. Moments later, Press Secretary uh, Cringe Jean-Pierre brushed off the question about the possible impeachment inquiry, saying he would not, and uh, saying that she would not, quote, get into hypotheticals about the matter. Biden had no... Oops. Give me one second here. There we go. Biden had no public events Monday, and both of the public events Tuesday, he didn't mention uh, the mounting scandal involving his role in his relatives' inter international dealings in countless countries such as China and Ukraine during and after his vice presidency. Why does he always carry on this fucking backpack? Has anyone noticed that Hunter Biden's always got this backpack these days? I think it's got like his withdrawal kit in it or, or his supplies in it, but this grown-ass man is always carrying around a backpack. McCarthy, Republican from California, said in a Monday night interview on Fox News, 
that the situation is, quote, rising to the level of impeachment inquiry. While questioning reporters' questions Tuesday at, at the Capitol, McCarthy said, uh, said an impeachment inquiry, quote, allows Congress to investigate by giving Congress the full power to get information they need. It's unclear when Republicans would launch such an inquiry. Inquiry which would accelerate investigations spearheaded by House panels. Last week, two IRS agents who worked on the investigation of Hunter, 53 years old, said that they were blocked from investigating Joe Biden's role in international dealings despite communications implicating him. One such communication was an uh, ominous text message from July 30th, 2017, in which Hunter wrote, to a Chinese government-linked business associate, quote, I'm sitting here with my father, and threatened retribution if an agreement was not fulfilled immediately, uh, proceeding to transfer $5 million to Biden-linked accounts. The Biden Justice Department has balked, balked at the idea. At House Judiciary Committee request to interview 10 witnesses ahead of the requested deposition with Delaware U.S. Attorney Davis, David Weiss who supervised the five-year criminal investigation of Hunter Biden. Weiss uh, brokered a probation-only plea deal with Hunter last month for two misdemeanor tax crimes and a gun charge felony that will be expunged after two years. Basically, he was baptized of all of his wrongdoings. They broke their own arms and standards to give him the sweetheart deal by not prosecuting the hardest, most hard-hitting, corrupt dealings. They ignored all the big charges and neutered all the other charges. They gave him this fucking sweetheart deal. Ain't that a bitch? Especially with the guy with the 94 crime bill. You know, Mr. 94 crime bill is Hunter Biden's daddy. You know, if you have this amount of crack cocaine, you go to prison for life. And a judge can't do a damn thing about you, as Biden put it. Rules for thee, not for me, folks. Remember that. They sit in the Citadel. Moving on. The first court hearing about the deals is Wednesday, which is today, by the way. Right now it is 1.39 a.m. as of time recording. The House Oversight Committee is investigating Biden's role in his son's... Uh, and his son and brother James' far-flung business interest, through which uh, plan- uh, panelists have reviewed Treasury Department suspicious activity reports filed by banks, and described nine Biden family members who allege who allegedly got foreign income. Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, on Tuesday, on Thursday, released an FBI informant file created in June 2020. That said, the owner of the Ukraine gas firm Burisma paid $10 million in bribes to Joe and Hunter Biden during the elder Biden's vice presidency. The president, which uh, the president has sought to laugh off the accusations, saying last month, where's the money? Hunter wrote in emails retrieved from his abandoned laptop that he had to provide half of his income to his father who met with his foreign associates from China, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Shout out to my audience in literally all those countries. Including during his vice presidency. Now scroll down here to the comments. Read a couple of them before we wrap this up. Oh, there are actively no comments. Alright, folks. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. I have been your James Madison, and I 
shall catch you guys later. January 21st, 2021, I introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. And less than two weeks later, I was kicked off all of my committees by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They said it was for Facebook comments and replies and likes, but we all know the truth. It was because my articles of impeachment on Joe Biden were correct. He was indeed abusing his power as Vice President of the United States. Now we have more information to prove that not only was I right then, but it was more damning than we already knew. But I'd like to roll back. President Trump was wrongfully impeached twice, twice. And both of these impeachments must be expunged by the House of Representatives. But what I'd like to talk about is the difference in the type of information we have. The Democrats brought out the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was written as a Democrat political opposition research paper. The information was written by a contractor and it was fed to the FBI with no transparency on subsources. The contractor had no primary source information and the FBI operationalized uncorroborated claims to secure FISA warrant on political campaign official of opposing political party. Information was later debunked by Congress, the Inspector General and Special Counsel Investigations but the mainstream media won Pulitzer Prizes on the bogus Russia narrative. And then they led the witch hunt, leading to impeaching President Trump over a phone call with the president of Ukraine. But let me tell the House what type of information we actually have. We have an FBI form called an FD-1023 form, and here's the difference for the public listening. On the 1023 form, the information originated from an FBI informant who'd been relied upon for many years and was considered the FBI's top informant. It was also paid $200,000 for multiple years by the FBI. Information was written by the FBI agent in official FBI form and relied on no additional subsources. The FBI informant was a direct eye and ear witness to the information provided. The FBI apparently took no action to further the investigative claim. The FBI has refused to describe any investigative steps to assess the investigative information. Therefore, it has not been debunked, despite White House's lies and false claims. The mainstream media has largely ignored the story or parroted the White House false claim. What does the FD-1023 form tell you? I'll tell you exactly what it says, because not only have I read it, I also have it in my possession right here. And this is a form that the entire American people, the entire public should have because it's unclassified. But Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, forced us to read it in a skiff and would not hand it over to us. Thankfully, Senator Chuck Grassley released this form because it was provided to him by a brave whistleblower. This form entails the damning information that then Vice President Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe from the oligarch that owns Burisma. Not only did Joe Biden take a $5 million bribe, so did Hunter Biden. And what did Joe Biden deliver as Vice President of the United States? He got Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor general, fired from his job. How did Joe Biden, Vice President, get that done? 
He threatened to withhold $1 billion of USAID to Ukraine until Viktor Shokin was fired. And you want to know what? He was fired. 20, in 2016, Joe Biden himself bragged to the Foreign Council and told them that he got him fired. He bragged about it. It's on video. But that's not all they've done. Hunter Biden has also gotten his father on the phone over two dozen times to talk with his business partners and talk with them about the business that they are doing. And even more so, in our possession through our investigations on our Republican-led committees, we also have a WhatsApp chat that says, from Hunter Biden, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Who's his father? Joe Biden. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And it continues on. What I'm demanding is that the Republican-led House of Representatives move forward on an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden, because this type of corruption should never be allowed to stand. We must expunge President Trump's wrongful impeachments, and we must impeach Joe Biden. I yield back, Mr. Speaker. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. Now, Kevin McCarthy has sent a very strongly worded letter to Biden. That being said, I'm actually a little bit more optimistic about this getting off the ground. Now, we have heard a lot from Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy has delivered on, I'd say, at least eight out of every ten things he promises. Which is a lot more, way more than we thought to get out of him. And I remember a lot of people saying when he was held up and people were voting against him day in and day out. Including, you know, especially Matt Gates, you know, who really led the charge on blocking him being elected to Speaker of House over and over and over again until they broke him. Now, he's goofed up a few times here and there, but for the most part, he's been very consistent. He's also started taking a stance against Ukraine, not a very strong one, but... He's been starting to bow to pressure to cease his support for funding for Ukraine. He's talking about bringing more money back home, which is a nice change of pace. And the Ukraine thing is really the only sticking point that he was really fucking weak on. But that being said, let's get into this article right here. House Speaker McCarthy says Biden family business dealings rising to level of impeachment inquiry. That's it, inquiry, right? But an investigation, nice. Not the hammer down that we would hope for, but... Again, it's something where this goes. We don't know. Be suspicious. It's fair to say that I don't expect much to come of this, but something could come of this. At bare minimum, it is something to wield against normies who act like nothing is happening of dubious nature with the Biden family. Every day, it is harder and harder to act like there is nothing weird about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's business dealings. House Speaker McCarthy says Biden family business by Ali Griffin. Let's get into it. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Monday night said findings from the ongoing GOP-led House committee investigations into the Biden family's overseas business dealings are rising, quote, to the level of impeachment inquiry. McCarthy, a Republican from California, made the announcement in an interview with Fox News' Sean Hannity hours after he was called on by some House Republicans to begin the process to impeach President Biden. F. Uh, after the Post revealed a key witness saying, First son, Hunter Biden, frequently put his father on the phone with foreign business associates. Quote, when Biden was running for office, he told the public he was never 
he never talked about business and he said his family has never received a dollar from China, which we proved to not be true, McCarthy told Hannity. Quote, we've only followed where the information has taken us, but Hannity, this is rising the level of impeachment inquiry. It's way past that right now. Which provides Congress with the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed, McCarthy said. During the interview, McCarthy cited the allegations by two IRS whistleblowers that the Justice Department interfered with five investigations into Hunter Biden's potential tax crimes. During the and during a Fox News McCarthy uh, Fox News interview, McCarthy said that the Biden's investigation quote are rising the level. Already got that part established. Here we are. Got some uh, Ukrainian business boys that we were told he never met golfing right here. We covered this when this first came out back in the day. House Speaker, the House Speaker also mentioned findings from Republican investigations that reveal how members of the Biden family and their business associates used a shell co- use shell companies to rake in millions of dollars from foreign elite entities. Earlier Monday, Rep. Jim Banks, a Republican from Indiana, and Claudia Tenney, a Republican from New York, called a House Rep- called on House Republicans to immediate impe- immediate Initiate impeachment proceedings against the president. My goodness. Having strokes of up in here. Their calls come, uh, came after the Post report broke the, uh, broke the news that a close partner of Hunter Biden, Devon, uh, Devin Archer, is expected to testify that the first son frequently put his father, then the vice president, on a, on a speakerphone. During his foreign business calls. Yeah, that's the... uh, I'm sitting here next to my father. Phone call. Archer is expected to describe the alleged calls at an up-and-coming hearing of the House Oversight Committee. The White House accused House Republicans of using Biden probes to distract from major issues Americans are facing. Quote, instead of focusing on the real issues, Americans want us to address... uh, want to address, like, continuing to lower inflation or create jobs. This is what the House GOP wants to prioritize. White House spokesperson for oversight and investigation Ian Sams tweeted in response to McCarthy's remarks, quote, The eagerness to go after POTUS, regardless of the truth, is seemingly seemingly bottomless. Hey, fuckface. Three and a half years. Russia. Trump. Blow it out, your perpetually blown out asshole, cunt. I'm not having it. Again, billions of dollars wasted on a bullshit impeachment. Millions and millions alone on just the trial itself. I have to all the bullshit investigations before, during, after, and still ongoing with it. Please, spare me. With acting like, oh, well, there's no truth here, so why are you going after him? If you cared about there not being truth, truth and using that to stop you from running for president, you wouldn't have gone after Trump the way you did. But now that you've said the president... Now that you've made the model to go after a president in this way, you're bitching about it. I talk about this all the time. The left and the right will do things that create precedent that the other side will use later on, and then they bitch and act surprised when it happens. But this time, we have countless people coming forward. And when Joe Biden is the president signing off on executive orders constantly that fuck up this country, it is a priority to get him out of office. And no one would work with Kamala Harris. She'd be wildly unpopular. And she could not stand to be reelected. 
So if Trump, if Biden did hypothetically get impeached and removed and banned from running for office, that it's done for him. It's over. You would have Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris is unelectable, no matter how hard they try. So that's why they're focusing on this seemingly bottomless fucking twat. Goddamn schmuck. Earlier in the day, White House Press Secretary Cringe Pierre so President Biden stood by his words that he never discussed overseas business dealings with his son. Quote, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. Cringe. Told reporters at the general press briefing. Quote, the answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add, despite us having all these pictures of him with Ukrainian business. Hey, this guy and this guy, they look really familiar. Where do I recognize them from? Oh, Oh, a little bit longer hair back in the day, but yeah, oh, wild how that seems to work. McCarthy's questioned while Biden's family had been doing business with countries that have had ongoing problems if their business was legitimate or legal. Quote, I believe we will follow this all the way to the end, he told Hannity, quote, and this is going to rise to an impeachment inquiry the way the Constitution tells us to do this. And we have to get the answers to these questions. A source close to McCarthy told the Post, quote, Kevin will never go to go all in on a former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi-style slam impeachment, but the evidence is piling up, and he's getting more bullish on by an impeachment, a source said. Yeah, he should already be there. He should already be demanding it. It's kind of embarrassing that he's not. Just going to read the, these three comments. Chief Deputy 21, not enough votes in either house. Too many sitting and former members have benefited from some of the Biden's deals, either financially or favors. This is the biggest cover-up in American history by Chef, Chief Deputy 21. I completely agree. James B., it all depends on which way the political winds are blowing. Some of the Dems, I believe you meant the, not he, the Dems may be linked to this, but if hearings force the facts out into the public debate and the public does not like Biden, then look for them to let things move forward while finding a mean to force Biden out. Something I've actually said before, and from Janet. House Republicans to begin the process to impeach President Biden. This might be the only way the public will ever see the evidence. The truth is that they can't impeach a Joe for his crimes because Chuck Schumer will never allow it in the Senate. Uh, Kevin Burslin says he'll be impeached, but like Trump, he won't be convicted. Yeah, most likely, if it gets that far. Again, while there was nothing to the first and second Trump impeachment, there's a lot of merit here, and they're just slow rolling it and we have multiple whistleblowers confirming that investigations are being slow rolled purposely from inside but that being said this has been inside four walls and i will keep you guys posted on everything going on with this story now that's only the stuff they found there's a lot of other things and there'll be some things that you never find but there's a lot of other things so he's getting millions of dollars illegally from china and then you say hey they impeached me over a phone call that was perfect why aren't they impeaching Biden for receiving tens of millions of dollars? Why isn't he under impeachment? Well, isn't that unfortunate? Another 
mysterious person dying close to the Obamas and the Clintons and so on and so forth. Surely he knew nothing and this was just a tragic coincidence that just has been mirrored almost verbatim before with a Clinton chef. We'll probably get into that in a different upload. That being said, actually tragic. This guy was a father and he leaves behind a kid as well as well as his wife, of course. And, uh, you know, that is all around unfortunate. This story, there's, an, there's a lot of things that just don't seem quite right about it. But, of course, you know, it is important to keep here. While there are a lot of mysterious deaths connected to these figures, on the other side of that, we always go looking for it. And we go looking for it, we do find it. So I'm only going to focus on the things that stand out to me. There's a lot of people picking out different things, have different arguments as to why the story... I'm just saying in general to me, there's a general air that we're not being told something about this story. I'm not exactly sure what, but we'll get into it. That being said, man found dead on Obama state, identified as Obama's personal chef. Now, this guy worked with Barack Obama when he was president and left with him to go work at his private residence. I assume, based on what I've already read, that maybe this guy lived at this residence. He apparently at one point in time wasn't a very good swimmer. He learned how to swim. He became quite efficient at swimming, actually. And he drowned in eight feet of water. And we know this because somebody nearby called 911. Somebody who was out there swimming with him. Now, Martha's Vineyard is a very large, very beautiful estate. And what we think of as ponds are really just micro lakes on this property. Personal little big pools of, of water you can go swimming in. That's kind of the idea. But this guy becoming proficient at swimming. When he didn't know how to swim, that was almost an excuse, right? When, when uh, the story first broke, it was, well, look, we found this post from his Instagram where it says, still can't swim. But we also found videos from later posts that weren't originally talked about. And they show that he actually became quite efficient, showing his uh, Fitbit and all that. So a very young, fit guy goes paddleboarding. And all of a sudden, just drops into the water. Dirty dealings with Obama. Heart attack. Climate change got him, you know? He, he suffered from racism. Perhaps clot shot type deal. Who knows? But let's continue on. What do you guys think? I know a lot of you listening to me talk about this have already looked into this story. I'm about a day behind on this. So this article is by Libby Emmons. Right from Brooklyn, New York? Ugh. The 43-year-old man who drowned while paddleboarding off the Edgar Town, Edgard Town coast of Martha's Vineyard on Sunday has been identified as the personal chef to Barack and Michelle Obama. So big Mike. Tafari Campbell was a White House chef before coming in to the <clears throat> sorry, in the personal employ of the Obamas after the President Obama left the office in twenty seventeen. It is almost 2024. Man. You know, we're closer to 2027 than we are to 2017. It's kind of wild to think about. Anyway, divers recovered his body just before 10 a.m. from Edgartown Great Pond. On which of the Obama's family's $12 million mansion lies. By the way, keep in mind, Obama. Climate change, Obama. 
lake and oceanfront property. Water levels will rise. It's like the it's like an extension. It's it's a uh, it's weather non. That's what it is. It's weather non. Next twenty years we're gonna be underwater. Okay, the next twenty years we're gonna be underwater. It's like the end of the world, people. Well, it's gonna be twenty twelve. Well, it's gonna be twenty twenty four. Well, it's gonna be no. It's never gonna be. If it was, why would you be buying fucking real estate? Just so you guys can be the virtuous noble ones who buy it so other people, other good, wholesome, moral people don't buy these riverside, pro- oceanfront property and drown. Sorry, I just don't think uh, the Obamas and a lot of people in Martha's Vineyard are that, uh, are that selfless. I just think they bullshit us so we don't buy and it also helps, you know, the whole, yeah, our property will be underwater in a few years. really comes in handy when you want to keep real estate prices down as much as possible. And, you know, Martha's Vineyard is obscenely expensive, even with all that nonsense being propagated around it. But it also keeps people from wanting to move in and invest in it, which keeps it nice and wholesome for all of Obama's and his nice little friends that he's grown up or, you know, came to power with and has come to know to all live around him. Same thing, you know, they don't, it's not that they don't want people flying. It's just they don't want you flying with them. They just want it for themselves. Gay community is only for them. Flying, automobile, flying and automobiles and boat travel, just for them. That's the end goal, you know. You cannot have what they want. You will own nothing. You will be happy. But on this show, we are a firm believer that they will own nothing, and uh, we will all be happy. Now let's move on. In the past, Campbell wrote the words, quote, still can't swim in the form of a hashtag on his Instagram post. As you can see right here. Again, this is a fit guy. Clearly goes to the gym, clearly eats right, takes care of himself. So, could it be clot shot related? That's honestly more towards where I lean based on what we got going on right now. Just, I I want to be like, oh yeah, dirty, suspicious, evil dealings, which there very well could be. I mean, a lot of people die close to the Obamas and close to the Clintons and close to a lot of these very well-connected politicians and legacy political figures that are no longer in power but carry a big sway with them like Obama. A lot of people end up dead around him. It's just a fact. Another social media post showed the chef swimming and seemingly doing decent, so decently. Right here, libs of TikTok. Obama's chef, who drowned while paddleboarding in an eight-feet-deep pond by Obama's home, was a decent swimmer. This is from his Instagram some audio no there is no audio see he learned how to swim I remember the story first broke this was the big point of conversation well he didn't know how to swim so he should have been out there swimming and it was like yeah well if he didn't know how to swim why was he out there swimming but let's continue on quote Massachusetts State Police said Campbell was from Dunfries Virginia and was visiting Martha's Vineyard at the time of his passing. President Mr. and Mrs. Obama were not present at the residence at the time of the accident, the Chicago Sun-Times reported. Mm. Hold on about that, though. While it does not necessarily tie any dirty or foul play to the Obamas, it is worth mentioning that they were near their home. They weren't... In their home, they weren't in their residence, but they were in and around their their home as well. I plan on reading this article in a different upload. It's a bit of a long article, so I don't want to make this one of those half-hour, 45-minute uploads. I want to get a bunch of, like, 15 to 20 minutes. I really trim the fat on these uploads. 
But it is worth noting, like I said, we'll get into this article later on today, hopefully. And if not, we will definitely get into it. And I'll leave a link to this article in the description below. The Obamas were home. They just weren't in their residence when this happened. But, moving on. In a statement, the Obamas praised Campbell, saying, quote, Tafari was a beloved part of our family when we first met him. Jamie knew too much, I guess. He was a talented sous chef at the White House. By the way, he listened to people read this article saying sus chef or souse. Someone said souse. They were a souse chef. You can go listen to my content back in the day. I actually used to do a lot of uh, cooking. I was a prep cook and I, uh, I did. I was a saucier, as it was called. I, s- I sauteed shit. Sauteed shit. Mm. Whipped up the onions, made them good. Actually, I, I do make some mean sautéed onions and gar- anything. I can sauté it up really good. The secret is a little Tony Saturies and some Goya seasoning. Take your pick. I'm not too picky about whatever flavor palette you want. Anyway, moving on. Trims of fat gives cooking tips. Chef at the White House. So the creative and passion and was creative and passionate about food and its ability to bring people together. In the years that followed, we got to know him as a warm, fun, extraordinary, extraordinarily kind person who made all of our lives a little brighter. Michelle. Mm. Hypothetically speaking, again, we're just having fun. This is a dark macabre subject, but we can have a lot of fun. Our our imaginations can run wild here, can it? What if Obama walked in on him bouncing up and down on Big Mike, you know, and he just had to just... Same thing, you know. A lot of, you, you probably had the same, had to do to him, uh, you know, what Hillary wished she did to all those chicks Trump invited to the front row during all those debates. If you don't know about that, because I know I got a bit of a foreign audience, uh, for multiple presidential debates in 2016, Trump invited multiple Bill Clinton rape accusers and confirmed victims, well, people who's like DNA, Pat, anyway, uh, allegedly confirmed. Anyway, rape victims of Bill Clinton gave him front row seats to multiple debates. So in the very front row of multiple debates, Hillary Clinton just had to face the women who accused accused her husband of sexual assault. And, you know, Michelle Obama, there's a lot of talk about Michelle Obama possibly running for president. I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, if she does, they don't want Trump inviting this guy to the front row and giving him seat tickets. It could get awkward, you know. So, paddleboard an accident. Again, we're just having some fun here. Media matters. I'm not alleging anything outside of a gist. But continue on. That's why, quote, that's why, when we were getting ready to leave the White House, we asked Afari to stay with us, and he generously agreed. He's been part of our lives ever since, and our hearts are broken that he's gone. Today we join everyone who knew and loved Afari. That's a cool name, actually. Especially his wife, uh, Sershin. Sershise? Cersei's, sorry, Cersei's, huh? That's a cool name as well. And their twin boys, Xavier and Savin. In grieving for the loss of a truly wonderful man. Again, uh, it, I, I, my heart does break for his wife and kid. You know, I, uh, I, I, I got very fortunate. Didn't have a lot. Didn't have a dad, but had great grandfathers and a lot of really good male role models. And I've seen the consequences of people. Who have zero? I've seen the consequences of of of, uh, of of kids who have zero good masculine role models in their life. Anyone is like zero people to step in to fill that void. So you know, like people like me who had like really good grandparents or 
Maybe some of you listening who had a really good stepfather, perhaps. You know, you, that, that, that is a vital role that needs to be filled in. So my heart breaks for any family that loses that part of the nuclear structure. It's, 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 a, it's a crippling loss. It sets a lot of people back, and it's part of the reason why so much of my generation and the generation before us, quite frankly, you watch the social like degrading of morals and the rusting of the social pillars we stand upon, it really rises in tandem with the amount of divorces in this country. It, it's quite unfortunate, you know. But moving on. The Obamas, multi-million dollar vacation estate on Martha's Vineyard, saw a massive response from uh, from emergency responders when accounts emerged of a man dressed in black without a life preserver paddleboarding off the coast. It's again, no paddleboard, no uh, no life preserver. Huh? It's not that weird. A lot of people will be like, well, blah, blah. It's, do you ride your bicycle with your helmet every time you ride your bike? I don't. I usually don't wear a helmet, and I've been hit by cars a ton, <laughs> a ton right, right, riding my bike around town. So you know, I, I, uh, I, but that does definitely add to the add to why they probably would play add to. Uh, sorry, stuttered for a second. It probably adds to why they're acting like there's no like nothing suspicious here, no foul play. He didn't wear a life preserver, and he ended up drowning. Then again, if you ever walked through like a lake or a pond, that murky mud at the bottom, that shit's like quicksand, man. I go down to a uh, family, visit them in uh, a little tiny ass place called Bruce, Mississippi, and man, I go walking through the mud down there. If you don't get attacked by leeches first, because some areas are really bad, but. You know, a lot of them lakes and or a lot of them ponds down there, man. Cup like five, six feet deep lakes, pond or uh, ponds. Sorry, they're really deep ponds. I live in more of an urban city area where I'm at, so our, our version of ponds are like the shit you find around apartment complexes. Not that deep. We like spring fountains and stuff. So I think a big bodies of lake that aren't like big bodies of water that aren't like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that, that mud is like quicksand. Your, your foot gets sucked into it. it. It gets really sticky down there, you know. So it is possible he got tangled up. Or just, you know, but he floated to the surface afterwards. Again, I lean more towards the clot shot. The, uh, the larger, like, dubious, he was murdered type jokes are fun. Conspiracy theories add color to life. I'm not above enjoying and indulging them in a little bit. But I genuinely think... Young, fit guy, eats great, I, I assume, based on what I've seen of him. You know, just the pictures in the articles. I haven't gone looking up this guy, but. So I just lean towards, you know, uh, what, what happened to, like, uh, you, you know, a lot of athletes have been having a lot of heart problems suddenly, allegedly due to climate change and racism. Racism. As people on YouTube too scared to actually speak up would pronounce it. So, that's just where I lean with this one. Emerged, uh... Of a man dressed in black without a life preserver paddleboarding off the coast, he was seen to be struggling. Another paddleboarder was, had been with the male at the time and saw him go under the water. The recovery was made around 10 feet from the shore, where water was around 8 feet in depth. Numerous agencies responded, including Egertown <laughs> Fire and all uh, island fire departments, local police, state police patrols, Air wing and detectives, the Duke County Sheriff's Department, and the Coast Guard. Yeah, see, my question is why was it, why was their response just to call nine one one? 
Shouldn't there have been an impulse to, 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 to rush to their aid? To save them? To help them get out of that water? But no, you just kick back and call 911, huh? Watch them thrash and go under? It's weird. It's really weird. And, and before you go, well, James, you're sitting here saying they should have gone in the water. You know that's a bad idea. Yeah, I know that's a bad idea. If you're not properly trained, you don't know how to swim properly, people thrashing and drowning will kill you if you try to swim, try to save them. Most of the time, they'll grab you and they'll pull you underwater with them and hold on to you tightly. And since they're in this state of fear and panic, their grip, and they'll usually grab whatever they get their arms around. And that tends to be people's necks. So people who are drowning typically and can often kill the person trying to rescue them. And I say, and I fully know that. I'll leave a link to this video in the description below. A little over a year old. It's about two years old now. I was part of a rescue thing like this. Uh, a kid was got supposedly, allegedly got washed out by the undertow. And me and a bunch of people rushed into the water trying to find him. And then we had to form a human chain. And then Coast Guard, Life Guards, and tons of other people showed up after we already had started the rescue thing. Part of uh, this filming is people I was at the beach with, and then they made us take a break because we had been at it for like 45 minutes, so they forced people to take breaks. So I filmed the other part of it, including interviewing people who were part of the rescue. So before you say, well, James, you're talking a big game about how you should have gone in there and saved him. I, 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 uh, maybe it's just me, and I imagine a lot of people listening to this. Isn't there like an impulse? Like, a, don't you feel something like, like a, like a metaphorical hand shoving you from behind, telling you to go save somebody. You see a human thrashing, trying to survive. Even like doesn't don't you guys feel that moral hand just aggressively shove you from behind, pushing you towards helping somebody in need? I'm not that big of an Iron Rand fan, fan as you can tell. But that being said, I'm gonna wrap this article up here. The next article, we will be going into that Daily Mail article about some really suspicious, uh, some details that were left out of the previous article. That being said, this is Inside Four Walls. I'm James Madison. I shall talk to you guys later. Control to Edgerton Fire, Water Rescue Personnel, Echo 90 and Echo Unit. Respond to 7979 Turkey Land Cove for a 40-year-old male possible drowning. Control to Edgerton Fire, Water Rescue Personnel. Echo 90 and an Echo Unit. Respond to number 7979 Turkey Land Cove Road for a 40 year old male possible drowning. Units acknowledge. Hey, welcome back to James Madison. I'm Rose in Inside Four Walls, and we're going to continue the coverage of the death of Obama's private chef who allegedly drowned paddleboarding on the Obama's residence. Now, as you remember, the article we read last, even though it wasn't that open article, it said Obama wasn't home. While if on a very technical level, you argue that it is true. But Obama was actually near his residence at the time. He was still on the island. He was still in Martha's Vineyard. And a lot of outlets are shying away from that. A lot of people are not talking about it, even though there are pictures proving to be true. That being said, let's get into it. Also, who made that 911 call? Let's find out, shall we? How did Obama's private chef, Tafari Williams, drown in Martha's Vineyard's paddleboarding accident? Unanswered questions surrounding the death of a fiercely loyal cook. Campbell died on Sunday after getting into trouble in the water. It remains unclear how he died or why it took rescue teams so long to find his body. Read more. 
Molinia and Sasha Obama are pictured leaving Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, here's a real weird thing. Uh, <laughs> they went to U. Uh, well, at least one of Obama's daughters went to U of M College. Went to U of M, and they were obscenely obnoxious at the time they were going there. They're done now, thank God. By the time I was working at a restaurant, in my older episodes I talked about this actually. Uh, twenty. 18, 19, through like 2021, around there, I was bitching about them. Because any bar you went to, you knew they were there by the amount of stiffs and fucking suits that wouldn't allow you to get to the fucking room. Like, you had to take all kinds of inconvenient detours, walk around different tables. You couldn't just take a convenient route to the bar because these two bitches. And I have nothing, I'm not complaining about them because they're rich or because of this ass or anything. I'm complaining about them because of the fucking security around them made it impossible for people to enjoy a nice bar night. Considering Ann Arbor is already a bar campus, I used to work there at the time. Thank God I don't mean to stay anywhere near that area any goddamn more. Hate Ann Arbor. Happily moved as far the fuck away from there. That's literally fucking possible. But they ruined the bar scene. Like, incredibly so. Prissy fucking bitch. And they didn't tip, by the way. I knew people who went, who worked at bars that they went to did not tip. Horrible tippers. Refused. Never given in the restaurant that I worked at. At least not on any of the shifts I was working. Probably because I had a good taste, I guess. Article by Jen Smith, chief reporter for the Daily Mail. And it was updated July 25th at, oh god, 15, I don't do military time. So that would be noon, right? Noon would be 12, so 15 would be afternoon, so this would be sometime around 5 in the afternoon this got uploaded. Updated, moving on. The tragic death of Obama's private chef, Tafari Campbell, has left the family and friends reeling in shock and struggling to understand how he came into trouble on a seemingly calm body of water. Campbell, 45, was a competent swimmer who drowned on Sunday night while paddleboarding on the pond next to Obama's $12 million home. The couple were not in the house at the time, but were elsewhere on the island. Their office confirmed today. Oh yeah, that's right. I uh, there's this bar in downtown Arbor called Alley Bar. I went in there wearing a MAGA hat, sat literally on the opposite side of the counter from the Secret Service, uh, and I don't know who the gr- which one of the group was Obama's daughters, but I assume one of the three black chicks in the crowd was Obama's daughters. If you look a picture of this place, it's kind of a dark bar lit up just by like neon lights and shit. So, big dick move. You you feel me? Let's move on. Police do not suspect foul play, but many questions surrounding the accident remain unanswered. Yeah, no, absolutely. Massachusetts State Police are leading the investigation, but are yet to provide answers to the following questions. There is greatness in our DNA. Is that a Kendrick Lamar reference? I wonder. Probably not, but it's a good song. They couldn't, why couldn't Tafari Campbell bring himself back to the water's surface after he fell off the board? A 911 call described Tafari Campbell falling from his pedal board into the water, then briefly struggling to remain on the surface before becoming completely submerged. A married father of two, Tafari was a competent swimmer and the wind was mild when he was on the water. 
Locals in the area say it's possible he became stuck in the marsh mud and was unable to free himself. I mentioned this in the last upload about this. That murky, muddy water on the bottom of ponds and lakes is, like, as, well, specifically on the bottom of ponds, man. It's a lot of goose poop, a lot of, and depending on what kind of animals and wildlife you got, there are tons of animals could just go in there and shit. You know, not to mention just, like, little loose soil down there. Like, it's, it's, it's not quicksand, but it can act like it. Especially if you're thrashing. Edward Dow, who has lived in the area for more than 40 years, told DailyMail.com that the water in Edgartown Pond can be deceptive. Uh, could be could be deceptive. Don't know why I struggle to say deceptive. The keen roller, who regularly goes out on the water, said, "Quote: There are three things which could have happened." The police report states that he went down once, came up, uh, before getting into trouble. What does that mean? I would imagine he was actually in trouble the moment he went down. But okay. Quote: Either he's not a strong swimmer, he might. Have had a medical event like a heart attack or a pulmonary embolism, or he might have been impaired in some way, he said. I lean towards clot shot. That's just me. I just have a, it's more of a gut feeling, a speculation, you know. Uh, I, I just, I don't suspect foul play in, in this one other than clot shot. Very fit, active guy, eats right, working out a lot, goes out, does a lot of physical activity on a hot day. You know, there's not a lot of wind to cool you down on the water. Sun's being down on you. You're just paddle boarding around. He gets to you. Heart's pumping. Brain's working hard. Body temperature goes up. Circulation speeding up. Heart clot. Vaccine related shit. That's all it takes. And it's like, oops. Drowned suddenly. An autopsy is scheduled to be taking place today. Drowning at 100 feet out. Quote, that was a very swimmable distance. The water is probably just a little over two feet over his head. Man, that's horrifying. Just imagine being underwater, right? And oxygen is just two feet above your head. And you just can't get to it. Ooh, that brings claustrophobia. Claustrophobia, doesn't it? Moving on. It, quote, it, it, it's in a protected and calm body of water. You have to respect nature and the water add the, adds the element to the paddle boards are deceiving. They look easy, but they're unstable. You have to practice getting back onto the board from the water uh, as they are low to the ground. Quote, he, has, he wasn't wearing a life jacket or a flotation device, and he was, wearing a, he was wearing dark clothes at night. It took him almost 18 hours to recover him. It took him almost 18 hours to recover him when he wasn't that far out, Dr. Dow said. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. He added that the pond can become quite choppy. But all the reports seem to suggest the water was calm that day. Quote, it can be quite choppy, but the headwind, when the poor man perished, was quite gentle. But paddleboards are light, so it's like a leaf being blown in the wind. I've had to rescue kids from there on little floats with paddles, who thought they could get back in it, but they can't. Not comparable, man. You're talking about little kids. We're talking about a grown-ass man. Campbell's body was recovered at around 10 a.m. on Monday, as the Obama's office confirmed to the Boston Globe that they had been, quote, elsewhere on the island when the chef was on the water. 
Locals have not spotted the former president and first lady on the island since the incident, with the staff at a local farm shop telling DailyMail.com that the father of two, Campbell, had been staying on, a luxur- on the luxury island since last week. Paddleboarder Peter Welch added that the beach was closed to the former for, uh, close to the former first family's home is deceptive and looks closer than it is. He told DailyMail.com, quote, it's a lot of work. You get to one point and say you'll go further, but then it's challenging. With the wind, it is hard. A good workout. It's a good workout for me. The water is familiar, and I'll jump in on purpose on the bay uh, itself. If the bay itself is close, is closed. Paddleboarding is extremely safe and predictable and stable. If you know what you're doing, I imagine the guy had a heart attack or a medical incident which caused this. Yeah, one of those suddenly type deals. Quote: This water is to me. This water to me is safe, but when you get into the middle. There is a swell. And if you don't have a good balance, you could fall off and get into trouble if you're not using the paddle if you're not used to paddleboarding. Who was Tafari Campbell paddleboarding with? Okay, who called 911? There was at least one other paddleboarder on the water that same day as Tafari, but it is unclear if they'd venture out together or if they had both gone out alone. It's also unclear how far the person was from him when he drowned and why they weren't able to help. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of curious about. Cause I mentioned I'm not gonna mention what I said in the last episode, but there I feel like there's a natural impulse to help people if you see them drowning. You know, they have not been identified. Three. Why did it take police hours to find and retrieve the body? Tafari entered the water shortly before 7:50 p.m. on Sunday night. But his remains were not retrieved until Monday morning. He was eventually found 100 feet from the shore, 8 feet underwater. The search was suspended on Sunday night to allow the dive teams, or quote, dive teams, to recess. He was wearing dark clothing and was not in a life jacket at the time. For where were the Obamas? Tafari this is the part that has a lot of arguing around it, actually. Tafari worked for the couple at their $12 million estate. The couple were on the island at the time of the accident, but were not at their home. It is unclear if they'd venture out for the night for dinner, giving Tafari a night off. And who? Five. Who called 911? Police have released the dispatch audio if, uh, in which the emergency teams were sent to the pond to try and release Tafari. But it's unclear who called them in the first place. Yeah. Now, give me one second here. Ready? Control to Eggertown Fire, Water Rescue Personnel. Echo 90 in Echo Unit. For a 40 year old male, possible drowning. Control to Eggertown Fire, Water Rescue Personnel. Echo 90 in Echo Unit. Slow number 6. A four-year-old male, possible drowning. Make your knowledge. That seems to be all we have audio-wise. I, I searched the internet pretty pretty thoroughly for it, and that's all I could locate as far as, like, actual audio about the drowning goes. So that being said, let's go down here and check out the comments before we wrap up this episode, shall we? Should they want to load, of course. All right, let's move on. 
Dean knows. He didn't know how to swim. Sorry, that's not true. Actually, he uh, he did learn how to swim. There's about a year and a half post between the Instagram post where he said he didn't know how to swim and the video of him swimming at that pool. Uh, Dada says he admitted in a prior post that he could not swim, a very common issue. Sasha Seattle says, then why does the article say he was a competent swimmer? I read that he could not swim. Okay, well, as we established, he could swim. That being said, uh, we're going to wrap this article, this episode up here, and I shall talk to you guys later. What do you think is going on with this uh, story? Hmm? Anyway, guys, deuces. Dude, I did a deep dive research on all this mysterious deaths around the Clintons. So there's 70 that people talk about, but there's 12 that are just hard to shake. The yeah. guy with the weights that where they fell on his neck and crushed his windpipe. What? I've never heard of that. The, the chef who drowned in this much water in a creek. What's Obama's death count? Where's Obama's chef? I'll tell you where Obama's chef is. He's making a BLT right now. He's alive. Hey, welcome back to the show. So yesterday, right now it is Friday, 2.40 a.m. Yesterday, we spent the day waiting for an indictment to come down for Donald Trump. It would be the third indictment, and that's about it. Third indictment. Scary. However, that indictment did not come down. Instead, what happened is the Hunter Biden story just escalated, and then they added a new charge. A new charge to the Trump indictment. So right as everything crumbles for Hunter Biden, something new and damning for Trump emerges. Just like a new little blip in the sky appears every time something bad happens to the Bidens too, right? Quinky dinky, I assume, as always, right? Nothing weird. Trump accused of trying to delete a the Mar-a-Lago server and wipe surveillance footage in bombshell new indictment. Ex-president hit with more charges and head of club's maintenance is also implicated in classified documents case. Big fucking yawn. Let's see where this goes. Prosecutors added court uh, added counts to existing Trump charges in superseding indictment. Documents say they obtained war plans. Documents mentioned on tape. Yeah, now this is that leaked audio recording where... As far as we tell, Trump didn't show anyone anything. And even the people using it as, our, as like a weapon against Trump, they say, well, Trump was waving it around. That's not the same as showing it off. And what I mean by that is that's not the same. Because these journalists, these writers, that's supposedly who was in the room with him, the journalist. If they didn't get a chance to actually read the documents, if you're waving something around, they can't actually read the documents. They don't know what's in it. The header saying classified is more of a warning saying, if you open me, you're going to break some serious fucking laws, bud. So don't open me. The classified banner itself is not in and of itself illegal to observe. So Trump waved around a completely closed folder saying, you will not believe the bullshit in this fucking folder. And when you look at what it was, we covered this, it was war plans to invade and start a new war in the Middle East. And Trump said Millie wanted to do this. It's insane. He had this whole crazy plan, and I said no to it. I could have declassified it, but I didn't. And in the context of the audio, you can look it up. I'll throw a link to it. I'll throw that audio in the beginning of this episode, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, 
He said, you know, when I was president, I should have declassified this document, and now look what they write. Now look what they're writing in the articles, referring to some headline. And we, that's all we have. We just have an audio. No visual proof, conveniently enough. So you're supposed to just believe. Where do they tell you to believe? Based off of just audio. Now, I said at the time when the audio first came out that I need more than just proof that this audio is is legit. I need proof that this audio is legit other than what they say. Because we live in a day and age where you can have any art. You can have Meatloaf do a perfect, flawless cover of Rap God, thanks to artificial intelligence. Or at least learning AIs. So, I'm just hesitant to believe that Trump came out so that this is real, but wildly mischaracterized. And I tend to believe him. Why? Third indictment. He's still running for president, guys. Does he stop? Is he behind bars? What's that? He just keeps bumping in the polls more and more. The harder they hit him, the stronger he becomes. I almost wonder if he requires that element of pushback to really shine. You only get a diamond under pressure, you know what I mean? New aide Carlos de Oliveira is now charged. The next... Or the text has De Oliveira telling Aid the boss wanted the server deleted. What's the server? Where's the server from? And who is this Oliveira guy? Article is by Jeff Early. Let's get into it. Former President Trump asked an aide to delete Mar-a-Lago surveillance footage in a bid to wipe evidence in the classified documents investigation. I want to see the footage. I do. I really do. I find it interesting that this guy just got thrown in. But, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of, uh, a lot of, like, transcripts. We don't have a lot to go off of what's going on in these court cases. Unlike the Hunter Biden one, where he got tons of information to leak transcript, we haven't gotten much out of this one. Other than just updates and ads to the cases and edits and what's happening, legally speaking. But as for final details and an oratorial, you know, script as to what's going on in the court we just don't know and it drives people fucking free to not know because i'm very curious about all this footage in a bid to wipe evidence in a classified document investigation prosecutors charge in the dramatic uh supersending superseding indictment revealed thursday special counsel jack smith's team of prosecutors has piled additional charges into the 32 count indictment the former president was already facing. That's something to keep in mind here is you have people like Matt Gates saying they're get, they're writing up and bringing bills forward that would strip funding from these investigations. So now both sides are racing each other. Does it all ultimately matter? Who knows? I, again, this is a new thing. Those are just thrown out. We don't have much of a transcript here, so maybe there's something to this. At first, it was just an audio with no video to go with it. Now they're saying there is a video, and Trump tried to get it deleted. All right. Well, I presume that means you saved it, right? Or there's some element of this. Where is the element to prove this? If the video's there and, and Trump was showing off these documents and opening it up and letting people look through it, my goodness gracious, that is alarming. Especially for someone who claims the press is so evil. Yeah, I know he gives a lot of interviews to the press, but that would be above and beyond. Like, I could get giving interviews to people who hate you. It oftentimes pay off. Like, look what happened at the CNN town hall. People oftentimes are like, oh, well, why does Trump give interviews to these lying media outlets? He knows they're going to lie about him. But then he goes on, like, a CNN town hall and cleans up shop. And destroys a network, too, while he's at it. So, benefits can come of this. 
And again, waving around a document or waving around a file that says classified is not illegal or showing off what's inside of it. Showing a file that says classified, the header classified is not illegal to look at. It's when you open the file and examine the contents. If there was no examination of the context, if there was no ability for them to get a better look at them, then there was no law broken. I, I, you know, perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps I'm being too generous. Let me know in the comments below. Jackson 32 Cat indictment, the former president was already facing. Another Trump aide has now been charged with conspiracy in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. Among the charges is that the former president allegedly told aides to wipe security camera footage or security footage from his Florida club server as a way to foil investigators probing the removal of classified documents from the White House. Carlos D. Oliveira, Mar-a-Lago's head of maintenance, has been named as a third defendant alongside the former president and his valet, Walt Nata. He is quoted in the indictment telling another Mar-a-Lago employee that, quote, the boss wanted the servers wiped. <clears throat> Sorry. The Trump campaign came out punching in a statement Thursday night, but didn't address the claims head on. Quote, there is nothing more than a continued des this is nothing more than a continued desperate and flailing attempt by the Biden crime family and their Department of Justice to harass President Trump and those around him, read the statement. Deranged Jack Smith knows that they have no case and is casting about <clears throat> for any way to salvage their illegal witch hunt and to get someone other than Donald Trump to run against crooked Joe Biden. The statement also can also claim. The former president telling employees to wipe a server would be a stunning move after Trump. <laughs> really? Pretty sure that's a typo, but argued. His ex-political rival, 2016 Democrat uh, nominee Hillary Clinton, for the treatment of her emails. Trump claimed, again, it's a projection, it's a standard tactic. They blame you for what they are doing and accuse you of it as well. Trump claimed as recently as June that Clinton acid-washed bleach bit, is what he, he said, actually, which is a uh, open-source app. Her intern got caught on Reddit, of all places. Moving on. Again, that's a rabbit hole. Go down yourself. How she got caught on Reddit. Moving on. The emails uh, she deleted from her private server she used as, as Secretary of State before turning the rest over to federal investigators. The new developments present additional legal jeopardy for the former president, who spent part of Thursday uh, <clears throat> avering that his lawyers had relayed, had, yeah, had related Jack Smith's team that he did, quote, nothing wrong, and that their January 6th case was no good and an indictment would further destroy our country. And I don't know about that. It doesn't seem to help you in the polls as more and more people get really ticked off about this. The additional charge, I mean, it is complete bullshit, at least until I get more proof to change my mind, especially at this point, right? It's been going on nine years, nine fucking years of the walls are closing in. This is it for Donald Trump. He won't be president. Well, his presidency is coming to an end. He'll be out of office. He'll never be able to run again. We'll stop him from running. 
You know, it's just, we, we keep hearing it. Same story, different shit, same day of the week, different week. At this point, the average person is just getting tapped the fuck out. The additional charges in the new classified documents indictment are related to obstruction of justice and willful retention of national defense information. Smith's team added then to the existing indictments Thursday evening. Trump was hit with a 37-count indictment in June. According to one passage in the superseding indictment filed Thursday, D'Alavera told Trump employee 4 that their conversation should remain between the two of them. Again, I want a transcript. I want more to this. D'Alavera asked, quote, Trump, Trump employees 4, Employee 4, how many days the server retained footage? Trump employee responded that he believed it was approximately 45 days. It continued, D'Alavera told Trump employee 4 that the boss wanted the server deleted. That language, if sustained, appears to put Trump at the heart of an alleged conspiracy to cover up information. If it's proven to be true, more than what we've heard before, and it's just absolute, he said, she said, new indictment with very little actually work off of, then, you know, again, if he did something wrong, lock him up. I'm starting to really warm, I really, really like Vivek. Tony's dope. And every time they indict Trump, his fundraising goes to the roof. He gets more money. He gets more donors. He gets more support. It doesn't stop the guy. And yet here you are trying to stop the guy. You goober. Moving on. Demi states that D'Alavera stated he didn't know how to wipe the server or that he would have the right to have a right to. D'Alavera is believed to have helped ow, sorry. Not to move boxes of sensitive files around the private club after the Department of Justice subpoenaed Trump. Nada continues to work for Trump and is facing charges of conspiring to withhold classified information from the government. He pleaded not guilty in federal court in Miami earlier this month. The specific charges against D'Alavera were not immediately clear. The news came on day on a day former President Donald Trump's lawyers met with the special counsel's prosecutors to discuss a January 6th case, according to Trump. Trump has long called probes of him a witch hunt and has repeatedly trained his fire on the Biden family, who he calls corrupt. I mean, who really doesn't? He told Fox News Thursday... Uh, the new moves amount to election interference. Nada had been considered a witness that prosecutors might try to flip to gain testimony against Trump, and he met with investigators during their probe, but instead, the former White House valet has remained in Trump's employ. And prosecutors charged the former valet. Now the inclusion of D'Alvera's presence and additional candidate for pressure. Although, as in the case of Nada, prosecutors may have decided that they can make their case without him. The stunning news came on the day when eyes have been on the January 6th case, where Trump has received a target letter from prosecutors related to that case in Washington, D.C. The indictment once again focuses on July 2021, Metting Trump had uh, 
a meeting Trump had with a writer and a publisher identified to be working on a form on the former White House chief of staff Mark Whit Mark Meadows book. Actually, I have that book. It's here somewhere. Actually, I do have the book. It quotes from an interview where Trump bragged about a highly confidential document using it to try and undermine former chair of Joint Chief of Staff Glenn, uh, General Mark Milley. Uh, Mark Milley enjoys violating the Logan Act. Fact check me. Quote, he said that I wanted to attack a country. Trump said brandishing the document. Brandishing is not the same as showing off what's inside of it. You can brandish a closed file that says classified. There's nothing illegal about that. It's if you let them examine the contents of the classified document, you start to run into legal trouble. The tape apparently potentially undermined Trump's defense, but including his comment that, quote, See, as president, I could have declassified it, but now I can't. According to the new indictment, the document that Trump, I don't know why it's in all cap, possessed and showed on July 21st, 2021, is charges count 32 of... The superseding indictment, other information in the indictment connects Trump still more closely with boxes of material around his club. They're, they were declassified. I don't really give a fuck. At a time when a national when National Archives was trying to claw back material from everyone besides him, not Biden, not Pence, and I bet you Dick Cheney's got shit. I wonder what he has. In documents, I'm oh, sorry. In December 2021, an employee wrote that. Box answers will be wrenched out of him today, promise, followed by, quote, 12 is his number. An employee texted about Trump, quote, he's tracking the boxes more to follow today on weather. He wants to go through more today or tomorrow. Another says he asked for, quote, new covers for boxes for Monday morning. It added, quote, can we get a new box covers before giving them all to him on Mon all all them on Monday? They have too much writing on them. It's marked too much. That all preceded Trump finally providing 15 boxes to the archives in January 2022. Wow, it's been that long, huh? The new indictment describes Nada's moves to change travel plans after a meeting with Trump. The same day the DOJ sent a grand jury subpoena for security camera footage, Nada provided inconsistent explanations to colleagues and said they have a family emergency but also urge shushing emojis Ow. sorry folks he reunited with de Oliveira and visited a security guard booth where surveillance videos is held walking quote with a flashlight through a tunnel where a storage room was located and observed at and pointed out surveillance cameras. De Oliveira then told Trump employee four in a conversation that should remain between the two of them about the boss wanting to delete the server. Another part of the indictment describes the period after the FBI discovered classified documents at Mar-a-Lago following the execution of a search warrant. It says Nada called employees five. Well, of course they knew he had them because they gave him the safe and the padlock everything was in. Or most of what they took that day was in. <laughs> Employee 5 to say words to the effect that, quote, so, to the effect, not a direct quote, but something to the effect, it says, quote, someone, it's not, I'm not even a quote, it's not a quote. It's not at all a quote. It's just to say the words to the effect that someone just wants to make sure Carlos is good. In reference to D. Oliveira, 
Employees said D'Oliveira was loyal and wouldn't do anything to affect his relationship with Trump. When he told PAC representatives that a single chat, a signal chat, the same thing Trump that same day called Ed Oliveira and told him that Trump would get D'Oliveira an attorney, it said. The new indictment names the trio Trump, D'Oliveira, and Nada and says they did knowingly combine, conspire, and really confederate and agree to engage in misleading conduct and corruptly persuade another person to withhold information. So they corruptly persuaded each other while they're all equally corrupt. Uh, I mean, okay, I guess. I mean, I guess. Okay. Sure. Other counts relate just to Trump and Nada. One new count, count 40, charges the trio with altering, destroying, uh, mutilating, or concealing an object that relates to the trio requesting an employee to delete security camera footage at Mar-a-Lago Club to prevent the footage from being provided to the federal grand jury, end quote. It says the Oliveira made false statements during a January 2023 interview in Palm Beach. Bring the proof way harder than whatever the fuck this passes off as. Hoax bait? Moving on. He said he, quote, never saw nothing based when boxes were delivered to Mar-a-Lago, but according to the feds, he knew because he had personally observed and helped move Trump's boxes when they arrive at Mar-a-Lago Club in January 2021. Again, if they just said classified on the boxes, that's fine. They're not. It's not illegal. It's if somebody rummaged through it. And if so, who and who had access to it? Now, we should be able to easily access who had access to these boxes and who touched them outside of Trump, most definitely. But handling a box on the outside says classified is not illegal. So long as you don't open the box and dig through it without the proper level of clearance. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm Mr. Steve Madison, and I shall talk to you guys very shortly. You know what's really funny? I talked about this before when we first talked about Hunter, Car- Hunter Carlson. Well, I recorded Hunter Biden earlier. got to me still. Anyway... When we first talked about many, it seems like forever ago, when Tucker Carlson came out and talked about, for example, America committing a terrorist act and blowing up Nord Stream and saying that the Russians didn't do that, and then calling out the dam attack as being Ukraine-led, calling out the uh, the Poland, the missile into Poland as being fired from Ukraine, pretty much being counter-Russia, bad, Ukraine, holier-than-thou narrative from the very beginning. I figured that'd be something that'd get him fired. But it wasn't, at least not on paper. But Tucker has become one of the loudest voices in the mainstream conversation against continuing funding for the bullshit NATO all right, NATO proxy war that we call the Ukraine-Russia conflict, which is really a Russia-NATO conflict. That being said, let's get right into it. Tucker Tucker demolishes Chris Christie after 
disgraced. Former governor tells ABC News that Tucker is wrong for opposing Ukraine aid. Yeah, and you're wrong for every deep-fried hostess item you ever shoved down your fucking greasy maw. Chris Christie, you like the boomer from Left 4 Dead. Shut the fuck up. Chris Christie went on vacation, went to beaches, got haircuts, did all the things that he told the people in his state they weren't allowed to do during the pandemic, but he was allowed to. And now here he is saying that we're that that you're wrong and Tucker's wrong for saying that hardworking Americans' money should not be wasted in Ukraine on a war that's not ours. That's solely to protect twofold: one, one to expand NATO's personal interests, and two to cover up Joe and Hunter Biden and multiple other politicians' corrupt business dealings in Ukraine. No, fuck you. Nah, get real on this, and let's get into this article by Cullen Linebarger. Disgraced former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie claims that he can kick President Donald Trump's ass, but af- but is afraid of tough questions from an actual journalist. As Mediate reported, Christie was being interviewed by ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos regarding Tucker's righteous criticisms of the never-ending U.S. aid to Ukraine. As the Gateway Pundit readers know, billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars, hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars, ostensibly for aid, HB quotes, has gone missing in Ukraine. Yet, the Uniparty continues to deplete our national stockpile of weapons, amongst other things. Christie replied that he had been in Iowa for the Family Leadership Summit on Friday. All those interviews are on the BitChute channel if you want to go check them out. On Friday, he would have called Tucker out for being wrong. Quote, I would have said you've always been wrong about this, Tucker, and you're still wrong. Just didn't have it in you, did you, though? Tucker responded, with a tweet that demolished so-called a so-called tough guy, Christie. He pointed out that while the former New Jersey governor is happy to yuck it up with his allies on ABC, he is too scared to answer real questions. Quote, Oh, that's something to do here. Moving on. Sounds like this could use a longer conversation. We just asked, quote, at Gov Christie, to sit down and explain his views on Ukraine, and he refused. You hate to think that Chris, that Chris Christie and is a blustery coward who, who plays the tough guy with sycophants at ABC but won't answer real question, but who knows? We hope he reconsiders. Sounds like this could could use a longer conversation. We asked at Gov Christie to sit down and explain his views on Ukraine, and he refused. Uh, rereading that, moving on. Oh, these are just tweets, and that is the end of this article. Now let's see what some of the comments on here have to say. Toad, this blimp couldn't f- <laughs> this blimp couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. And down here, Remco Kimber, nice reference, says, Christie held a rally the other day. There were dozens in attendance. Most of them were... <laughs> there were dozens in attendance. Most of them were glazed. But there were a few jelly ones. Uh, 
Slithering. Slithering? Says, I love it. Oh, and fuck Ukraine. And Crispy... Crispy Chris Christie. Crispy Chris... Crispy Cream Chris Christie. I like that. I like that a lot. But, that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside of War Walls. Just a short little one. Again, go watch any of those videos of Tucker Carlson just destroying these candidates one by one by one. The only one left that night looking good was legit Vivek Ramaswamy. But, we have another story to get into, and I will talk to you guys then. Meet Noah Berlatsky. Now, our friend Noah has some interesting takes. Pedophiles are essentially a stigmatized group. Certain people get designated as deviants. People hate them. Yes. And parents are tyrants. Parents is an oppressive class, like rich people or white people. He also wrote a few blogs on the Prostasia website. Child sex workers' biggest threat, the police. Okay, um, let's back up for a second. Uh, there's no such thing as a child sex worker, Noah. That's called a human trafficking victim. Then I was thinking to myself, why does this Noah dude's account look so familiar? Turns out, he's the f***ing journalist who got mad at me like a year ago for criticizing the Netflix movie Cuties. Audiences hate it because there's a moral panic right-wing campaign targeting it, fueled in part by racism and sexism directed at a black woman filmmaker. Wrong. Leftists like Shu on Head and Bosch are critical of the film. Shu on Head is a notorious alt-right asshole. Also, you just tagged two aggressive horrible accounts. Please delete that tweet. You're putting people on the thread at risk. I mean, is anyone else surprised? There's a reason why in all the thumbnails I made regarding Sound of Freedom getting either boycotted by reviewers, reviewed bombed, or attacked by critics, I would make those critics the color of the, you know, the MAP flag. Because if you hate this film, and you and you try to coat your hate for this film in political coding, dog, absolutely not. You hate this film because you have certain predilections and you hate being called out. And you hate the public talking about it. Again, you know, with what we found out about Instagram, that, you know, Pizzagate may have been more accurate than we thought it was. It may have been really on the money with, you know, the millions and millions of posts and millions of pedos connected through Instagram with an expose that came out. We covered that. I'll leave a link to that in the description below this episode, if I remember at least. Sometimes I forget to do that with my own content. But former spokesman for pedophile advocacy group writes Bloomberg's hit piece targeting anti-child sex trafficking film Sound of Freedom. That's right. And this is something that Shu on Head actually exposed not too long ago, well, a couple years ago. Berlatsky said the word trafficking is damaging because it, quote, conflates underage people and trading sex, consensual sex work, immigration, and all kinds of labor exploitation in industries. Hey, bud, if that person was bought and sold for the purposes of fucking, regardless of age, that is horrendous, second off. Uh, yeah, the overwhelming majority of people who are trafficked are children, you know, and I understand children goes up to 18, but yeah, that's kind of the idea. Actually, children goes up to 21 by American standards, but 
point still stands that majority of people who are trafficked are under the age of 18 and they are minors. So if you want to say, well, you know, it's children. Well, it doesn't make it better. Weird cope. Weird mold. Moving on. And why do they all look like this? You know the look. Search it in yourself. You know the exact look I'm going for. The nose, nose, bros. Epstein, Weinstein. Hmm. It's a little, uh, it's a little on the nose, wouldn't you say? Yuck, 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 yuck. But seriously, why do they all look like Sam Bankman Freed? I'm just curious. By Libby Emmons. A former NBC contributor who served as a spokesperson for a pro-pedophile organization who... Pro... Prostasia, Prostasia, has harsh words for new anti-child trafficking film Sound of Freedom, the film, which has deeply, which has been praised by conservatives for bringing attention to the problems of human trafficking and child trafficking, specifically, and not just conservatives, but normies, normies as well, has been smeared by mainstream press and liberals as having a shadowy anti-pedophilia movement Q and a shadowy anti-pedophilia having a... Oh, having ties to a shadowy anti-pedophilia movement, QAnon. Berletsky, who's been the spokesperson for... Oh, God. Prostasia in 2021 Sound of Freedom is a QAnon dog whistle that does little to help victims who are portrayed as innocent and sympathetic as possible. Tim Ballard on whose work the film is based, addressed the QAnon accusations at the recent Turning Point Action Conference, saying that the film was made years ago before QAnon even came into existence, which is true. About 2016 is when the film was written, and it began production in late 2017, before QAnon ever rose to prominence. QAnon only rose to relevance and like cultural awareness in late 2018, early 2019, so yeah. Moving on. Before QAnon even came into existence and was only related, released this year by Angel Studios. Which is really, keep in mind, keep in mind, right? Cuties gets released. Every major film critic comes out and praises Cuties. Which is a film that underage girls strip and dance in. Critics come out and attack this film. And this film gets shelved. Interesting. Disney makes a documentary all about Anthony Fauci, but shelves this film. Right. And just think about how many other studios release absolute garbage films, but refuse to touch this one. Berletsky has written about child trafficking, saying that the term trafficking itself is misleading. He writes that it conflates underage people trading sex, consensual sex work. Underage people cannot cons cannot consent to sex. Underage people do not have the ability to consent to surgeries, do have the ability to consent to sex. And, uh, buddy, if that child is being sold, again, that is horrific. I, uh... Again, these pedos, man, these absolute child molesters have the worst fucking 
justifications. I don't know why nunces feel the need to come out and identify. They could have kept their mouths shut. They didn't have to come out and identify themselves this way. But they did. These fucking nunces, dog. Well, you know, it, you're acting like people having sex underage is a bad thing. Especially when you're underage, people are having sex with adults. What's the harm there? It's consensual. It's not consensual. I don't care if that child says, yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I'm fully cognizant and I agree. No. No, you do not. You are a child. Dog. By the time I was 21, I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit. And I was still doing this show back then, but I didn't know shit, dog. And now here we are. I, like, homie. A kid. I don't, I, your justifications are disturbing. Immigrations of all kinds, labor exploitation in industries. In his Bloomberg piece on the film, he continues to make that claim. Quote, anti-trafficking experts, he writes, quote, have also argued that the film's presentation of trafficking is misleading. He cites statistics that 67% of children who are sexually trafficked are 15 to 17 years old rather than young children. Dog, they're children. They're minors. This is a horrifically bad defense. This is as bad as when the governor, when the mayor, when, when Governor Cuomo came out and said, "Look, I'm Italian. I grow bitches all the time. Here's a video of me touching up women. It's just what Italians do, dog. You know, hey, hey, gabagoo, gabagoo. This is hor horrific. Well, act." with all my reddit coral let me tell you something buddy let me tell you something buster i'm not i'm a 47 year old man and i'm not raping children i'm i'm raping 15 year olds that same comedian saying actually he's a hebophile comes to mind jesus fuck here you guys ever seen this before i have a girlfriend right now <laughs> Um, thank you, thank you. Neither of us has very good taste in music, so uh, whenever we're about to chat. make love, I put on a random Spotify playlist, and uh, uh, a couple months ago I put on an R&B playlist, I, I, I was feeling ambitious, and, and R. Kelly came on. Yes. You heard the news? <laughs> And, and my, my, my girlfriend was like, oh, no, we cannot listen to R. Kelly. R. Kelly is a pedophile. And now here's the thing. And just, just hear me out for one second. <laughs> technically speaking, technically speaking, R. Kelly is not a pedophile. Just give me one second. I promise this goes away. <laughs> just hear me out. The, 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 the term pedophile refers to people who are attracted to those that are prepubescent. Then there's something called a hebophile. That's people who are attracted to those in the early stages of puberty, like 11, 12, 13, 14. And then there's something called an ephebophile. That's people who are attracted to those in the later stages of puberty, like 15, 16, 17, 18. But I think the reason we don't make those distinctions is because it's very hard to explain the difference without sounding like a pedophile. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that before, but that's what this absolute goober's article uh, reminds me of. And this is such a bad justification, too, because it doesn't matter what age they are. They are being sold. They are being forced into an industry against their will. They are being peddled and violently violated. I don't... <sighs> 
Why are you defending this? Why is the left so goddamn hardened to defend this horrific fucking practice? I, I, I mean, I back in the day, and the only reason why there were states that refused to raise the age of consent laws back in the day were left states, were blue states. Blue states fought against ri- raising the, the age of consent. They fight against raising voting age. I think voting age should be 21. I think 18 years should be allowed to vote. I also don't think voting should be given to just the entire... Just because you were born here, I don't think you should be allowed to vote. You're still a citizen, yes, but that doesn't mean you should have a say in where the money goes. If you're not contributing to the system, you shouldn't have a say in the system. Be grateful you benefit from it at all. That being said, you know... Just... I just... I'm I'm so flabbergasted. You know, the, the left is... Hard. Not all the left... So forgive me speaking generals here, but so goddamn hardened to treat children like adults and not in good ways. In some ways, it's good to treat your kid like an adult. Make them get a job when they're like 16. Make them work. You know, be like, hey, look, you have a job. You're 16. Once a month, I want 25 bucks from you. Just 25 bucks. And you save that 25 bucks. You you have your kids pay rent to you. 25 bucks or 50 bucks a month, whatever you want, and then you save it. And then when they turn 18, you give it to them. You say, hey, here, this is the money you've been paying rent to. The rent you gave me, I saved up. Take this. Go get an apartment. Go get a trailer. Go get a, a house. Go get a, go rent something. Get out there and get in the world. You know, that's what you should do. But, oh, well, you know, kids have the right to consent to surgeries that will change their, their physiognomy for the rest of their life. Are you insane? That's not the right way to treat children like adults. I, 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 God damn, do I hate this fucking timeline. He cites statistics that say 67% of children who are sexually trafficked are 15 to 17 year olds rather than young children. In 41% of those cases, a family member was involved. That doesn't make it better. All right. In most break-ins, it's somebody you know. Most times when your child's molested, it's somebody you know. It makes it worse. It's a massive betrayal of trust. As this guy is a monster. My wood chipper does not fucking dis- dis- discriminate, dog. Wood chipper go fucking bird. This guy's a goddamn monster. And he should not be on the streets. He's a threat. He's an absolute threat. I say that. He has not actually committed any crime that I know of, but he should be severely monitored. Every one of his neighbors should be made aware. I'm not calling to action anything, but his neighbors need to be made aware of what he believes and who he is. This man is a fucking monster. Alright, we're talking about somebody who would happily be Himmler back in the goddamn day. I know what you're saying, but he's a Nazi. Himmler raped little Jewish kids, bro. He's in particular. He's in here defending the same kind of actions from. Uh, I, I'm assuming similar political stances. What left wing soci- socialist? They're right. Isn't that like the trifecta? Left leftist pedophile socialist. It's like the trifecta. Then again, with the left and socialist, I repeat myself. Behind those numbers, he writes, are often stories of addiction. Uh, disowned LGBTQ plus people and trading sex on the streets to survive. That, that, that does. Why are you defending all this? This is not defensible material. And again, this film 
is just bringing awareness. This film is based on a true story. They've been very transparent about the parts that are are, are, are made up, like the part where he goes in the jungle, dressed as like a aid the aid provider. That is actually more hyperbolic than what really happened. You know, and they talk about that. I'll throw in a, if I can find the interview, I'll throw it in at the end of this episode. Why experts worry that Sound of Freedom's uh, Stranger Danger narrative? It's not a narrative. That used to be what they taught in public schools, man. Stranger Danger. If someone... Uh, did anybody else get taught this in school? If someone grabs you, you, like, drop down to the ground. And you, like, wrap your legs around their ankles. And you, like, bear hug their uh, other ankles with your arms. Like, you become, like... You, you turn yourself into, like, handcuffs or, like, shackles around their feet. And you scream, I don't know this person. This is not my parent. They're kidnapper. Stranger Danger. And you just, like, make a scene. And they can't get away. You start, like, biting and, like, like, hurting them. That's what I was taught. That's what they taught me in public school, actually. That was one of the few useful things I got taught in public school was how not to get kidnapped. Did anyone else get taught that? Yeah, you, 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 you drop down, you bear hug them around the knees, and you wrap your, your, your legs around their, around their ankles like, like shackles, and you start just like, like twisting your body. Makes them fall to the ground, and it can like hurt their ankles and shit. Yeah. Anyway, and the way it centers on victims who are as innocent as sympathetic as possible make it more difficult for an uh, difficult to organize help for less perfect victims when they are targeted by those close to them what what no i'm sorry i i i don't what is a perfect victim what define that for me actually how about you put that into fucking words what is a less than what is a less perfect victim what is the fucking definition? What meets the criteria to you, you fucking cretin? The fuck is a perfect victim? You know what a perfect victim is? Somebody who was never a fucking victim. God, these defenses are just getting me fucking angry. Like, it's already hot in my room. Now I'm just... Now I'm just kind of angry. I got angries. Anyway, as for Ballard, the former federal agent on whom the film is based, Berlatsky claims that in addition to having links to QAnon, which, no, he doesn't, he falls into tropes about child trafficking. However, Ballard is very very aware of the fact that many children and teens are lured and abused by people close to them. Quote, There's no doubt that there's a lot of, a lot of child sex abuse from people you know, Ballard told the Postmillennial. Quote, But human trafficking and child exploitation have different faces. In different places. So that is not overblown. They love to say it's overblown. And that kind of met and the kind of metrics they use are ridiculous. Okay. To do it. So what's the agenda behind there? He cites groups that undertake <coughs> to legitimize pedophiles by changing the terminology from pedophile to minor attracted person, MAP, M-A-P. Something Berletsky has wrote, has work to do. Ballard said that these groups uh, that seek to, quote, minimize the significance of people who are simply attracted to minors, in his views, this is an effort to make child sexu uh, ch uh, children more sexually available to predators. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... Our rescue at our rescue founder Tim Ballard. Oh, Underground Railroad Rescue. Tim Ballard tells the post millennials Libby Emmons, quote, There's no doubt that there is a lot of child sex abuse from people you know. 
human trafficking and child exploitation has different faces in different places. In recent conversations about human trafficking, there has been increasing rhetoric, primarily from the progressive left, about how the most danger that children face is at the hands of people that they already know, and that the concept of stranger danger has been overblown. Uh, how do you so how do you weird. square something like that with the massive increase in child trafficking globally? Well, there's there's no doubt that, that there's a lot of child sex abuse from people you, you people know, um, but that is. Uh, you know, human trafficking and child exploitation has different faces in different places, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that that is not overblown. They they love to say it's overblown, um, and and the, the the kind of metrics they use are, are ridiculous to do it. So what's the agenda behind there? Well, it's the same group that's pushing this idea that don't call them pedophiles, call them minor attracted persons. Mm -hmm. Pedophiles equal stranger danger. So they don't like that term. Mm -hmm. If you say stranger danger, you're going to somehow minimize the um, significance of, of, of people who are simply attracted to minors. There's just, you know, what, what, they, what do they want? And ultimately, they want LGBTQ MAP, right? Mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I have some of my great friends, allies, are uh, a group called Gays Against Groomers, and they're saying, no, the LGBT community will not accept you into this. So that, that's what they're doing. They're trying to decriminalize um, uh, sex with children. The UN just put out a report saying that it's time to decriminalize it, that children should be able to consent. Yeah, well, of course they're saying that. Yeah. Of course they're saying that. Why are they saying that? Because they have to say it, because they've already eliminated all the science and morality that keeps kids safe by saying that a 13-year-old can also consent to injecting their body with hormones, puberty blockers. Or have abortions. Or have an abortion. Or, yeah. Right. They're trying to move kids away from uh, their parents, because mm. they know better. They know, they, they, the left knows better, don't they? Uh, then, then, and they're not having any babies, so they got to take ours, right. and and teach them, and indoctrinate them, and give them sexual material at in third grade. That I mean, I'm not kidding. There, there's laws in the books that I probably could have back in the early 2000s on the on the federal statutes arrested people for for giving kids the same material that many t uh, you know teachers unions are giving, or instructing teachers to give to children, sexualize their their brains, and then tell them they can consent to everything and all things. Well, now they're just one step away from consenting to have sex with a 50-year-old pedophile or consenting to identify themselves, even though they're 13, as a 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're going now. And, and so it's, it's packaged in something that looks different, which is the stranger danger thing doesn't matter. Everybody is, even the guys who want to have sex with kids, are, they should be able to. So that's where we're going. I used to think that I might not have a job someday because we rescued all the kids. I wish. Ballard also believes that a progressive that the progressive ideology that seeks to evaluate teens' choices and their ability to consent either to sex, abortions, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones is also seeking to undermine the family structure. Yeah, I mean, BLM's one of their core missions was to destroy the nuclear family. While this may sound like a conspiracy theory, Berlatsky has said that parents are tyrants. Parents parent is an oppressive class like rich people or white people. Again, they're always socialists. They're always fucking socialists. Amazing how it always comes down to a class system even in the fucking family structure. Prostasia works on addressing... This seems like Glenson. It seems like the exact same thing as Glenson. 
works on, quote, addressing human rights impact of child protection laws and poli- Really, the impact of child protection laws and policies. So they are working to overturn laws that protect children from, from predators. Boy, oh boy. Communication, uh, communicating the results of our research and engagement to policymakers, platforms, and the public. They offer their view that existing policies to protect children from sexual abuse do more to harm than good. They say that they, under, that they undertake, quote, to reduce the separate harm caused to children and others by our societies. Really? Predominantly reactive child protection agenda. These are the views held by Bloomberg's reviewers of Sound of Freedom. Well, Bloomberg's an Epstein client. He's on the flight logs. A man who has dedicated some of his career to lifting up the this destigmatization of pedophiles and now has said that the film intended to bring awareness to, about child sex trafficking to the American public is overblown and, quote, minor uh, mirrors common pulp narratives about human trafficking. Pulp? Do you know what a pulp is? Pulp is just short comics. Tiny comics. Help, buddy. Bazooka Joe comic gum is... You know. That falls right into the same thing as a pulp. It's just short, tiny little stories. Little little, tiny comic-based type deals. Burlaski concerns over child trafficking aren't without traffickers or... My apologies. Over child trafficking aren't with the traffickers or the exploitation, but with the circumstances that led a child to leave home and seek a more dangerous life. He takes issues with Hollywood's narratives where vast kidnapping networks are virtually undetected, bad guys are unremittingly evil, and the good guys are sensitive and unfailingly uh, virtuous. Again, it's based on a true story. We're not dealing with like a... Uh, you know, a, a script written by Hollywood here based on just, like, a fun action novel or something. We're talking about a movie based on something that really happened. Same reason why they're attacking Jason Aldean's music video. It's because it's also showing real events. A lot of the footage in there, they show tons of real footage of actual kidnappings, CCTV and shit, and real mugshots. And just like Jason Aldean, it shows real people committing crimes and rioting and attacking people. So, because it's raising awareness to something the people in power and their allies on the grounds are up to, it must be demonized, attacked, and destroyed. Sorry, it's backing, it's backfiring. So go fuck yourself. Prostasia is a not-for-profit, <clears throat> has the mission of legitimizing pedophiles and removing the stigma of pedophilia. My woodchipper will only know that stigma. They refer to these individuals as minor attracted persons and hold a support club described so they all gather in one place. I'm not, again, no, I'm just reading the article. I'm just thinking out loud here. Described as a, quote, peer support chat for minor attracted people who are fundamentally against child sexual abuse and committed to never harm children and as a safe space to have peer support in times of trouble. The group is for those who are 13 and up. Oh, boy. So, minors and people who want to 
fucking rape miners are all part of this one group and club together. God, the parents who know about these meetings and these clubs really need to be put on a watch list and have their kids taken from them. Ooh. I mean, what's worse? Foster care system or actively this? Berlaski claims that the film, as well as the narratives about child trafficking, quote, do little to help victims, but that the, that for viewers, Sounds of Freedom is a conduit to connect them to a deeper to deeper conspiracy theories. Uh, the film and narratives like it, he writes, quote, can create coalitions of feeling, disgust, and righteous rage that connect conservative conspiracy theorists with the mainstream. And that's the core issue of your fear. It connects the mainstream. And then the mainstream, again, I've talked about this, how it's like people who went, people back in the 2016, right? Sound of Freedom is the mirror of Ghostbusters 2016. If you went and saw 20, Ghostbusters 2016 and you didn't like it, you were a misogynist who hated women. If you didn't go see it, you were a misogynist who hates women. If you go and see this movie, you are an insane right-wing conspiracy theorist. If you don't see this movie but don't hate this movie, you're an insane conspiracy theorist who supports right-wing talking points and watches Fox News. That's the narrative around here. So normies are finding themselves being attacked, and when they look to see who's attacking them, it's mainstream left-leaning outlets like Bloomberg, CNN, LA Times, The Times, even TMZ wrote a hit piece on this fucking film. And the normies who saw it, who were like, wow, this is a, a deep-hitting film, when they're told this is a religious film for people with brainworms, well, this is propaganda, this is all lies, this film is X, Y, and Z, and they're like, that's not what I saw at all. That starts to wake them up in the same way it did in 2016. And they're like, well, who's attacking me? And who's not attacking me? Well, I'm going to go with who's not attacking me. Continuing on. In his view, its popularity is ominous, as it fucking should be, creep. But also, in his view, pedophiles should be destigmatized. No, no, no. They should be they should be hunted and given tracking ships put in their fucking heads. They should be chemically castrated. They should have their balls chopped off. They should be neutered. They should be put on watch lists. They should have their internet access banned and stripped from them. They should have their IP, all IP addresses linked to them banned and removed. No. They should be treated like the creeps they are. They should be forced to flee society. They should not know rest. And in prison, they will get the treatment they deserve. Do not allow these people to legitimize themselves. Jesus Christ. And he was shocked when there was backlash against his view. Good goddamn gracious. Calling the criticism of the view overt bigotry. Trump is holding a screening of the film at his Bedminster golf course this summer. Yeah, and it's already happened, and he's decided he's going to bring back the full death penalty for human trafficking. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls, and I will talk to you guys later.
back inside four walls. I'm, of course, your, your host, James Madison, and for the foreseeable future, until something new with this story comes out, this might be the last episode I'm going to be recording about Jason Aldean Try That in a Small Town controversy. For now, if there's a big update in the story, we will come back to it. That being said, latest on Try That in a Small Town controversy. From sales spikes and parody songs to boycott campaigns and Twitter wars. It's been a long-ass week, says proud American Jason Aldean. Celebrities from opposite ends of the political spectrum, from Sheryl Crow to Jason Isabel, Isabel to Donald Trump and Ted Nugent, have weighed in on out on the out out really on stage and on stage this past week. Aldean himself decried cancel culture before defiantly playing his polarizing song for a chanting crowd. Article by Lindsay Parker. And this article came out on Monday, July 4th, and it was updated later on that same day. Moving on. On July 17th, Jason Aldean's, quote, Try That in a Small Town video, which was filmed at the site of a 1927 lynching of a black teenager, was pulled from CMT. Again, I don't... Look, it was the South. It was a courthouse. They found somebody guilty, and, and they hung him. I wonder how many other people... I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure you can find plenty of people, other white people who are hung there as well, too. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was some racism behind this guy being lynched at the same time. Dog, I find it funny how you guys only want to focus on that and not the people who were murdered in riots that set that entire city on fire, including that courthouse. So again... Using a tragedy to justify another tragedy doesn't justify the other tragedy. It just gives you two tragedies. And reminds you of the first one. But moving on. The pull from CMT rotations amid accusations that it promotes racism and vigilante violence. <coughs> and one week later, the controversy had hardly died down. Over the past seven days, some irate Aldine fans have called for a CMT boycott saying the network has murdered its own brand. Various public figures, from Cheryl Crow to Jason Isbell to Donald Trump and Ted Nugent, have weighed in on the song and video inspired dozens of op-eds and think pieces over the weekend. Aldine himself addressed the backlash on stage for his audience and un- unsurprisingly was very much on his side. The, or the audience was very much on his side last week. On Twitter, the 46-year-old country star said uh, claims that the small the small town was racist were not only meritless but dangerous. And while performing July 21st in Cincinnati River Blend, Riverbend Music Center, he doubled down on that defense. "Quote: I gotta tell you guys, man, it's been a long ass week." Aldine began. "It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting that I'm this, suggesting that I'm that." Here's the thing, and here's the one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You can think something all you want. Doesn't mean it's true, right? What I am is a proud American. I am proud to be here. I love our country, and I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love our country. I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I'll tell you. That right now from Colin Rugg. New Jason Aldean refuses to back down. We watched this in our other clip. And the- Everybody having fun so far tonight? We already watched this. If you want to watch it, I'll leave a link to this in the description below. In a fan shot video circulating on social media, River Bend Music Center crowd 
can be seen shouting USA, USA, as Aldine continues, quote, I know a lot of you guys grew up like I did. You kind of have the same values, the same principles that I have, which is we want to take our kids to the movie and not worry about some asshole coming in there and shooting up the theater. So somebody asked me, hey, man, you think you're going to play this song tonight? The answer was simple. The people have spoken. You guys have been very, very loudly <clears throat> this week. Sorry. I took a decongestant and starting to kick in. Aldine also decried cancel culture gripping or griping. Quote, if people don't like what you say, they try to make sure they can cancel you, which means they try to ruin your life, ruin everything. One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that can see through a lot of bull- a lot of the bullshit. I saw country music fans rally like I've never seen before, and it was pretty badass to watch. I gotta say thank you guys so much. Hell yeah. Quote, Try That in a Small Town was released as a single in May, but the controversy surrounding that, surrounding the way, uh, surrounding the what, really? The what? Some critics? Okay, typo there, I assume. Have described as a modern lynching song fucking wow escalated on July 4th when Aldine released a small town music video accompanied by a statement about yearning to go back to a sense of community and respect that has gotten lost the video inspired many scathing critiques including Vanity Fair op-ed Jason Aldine already had the most contemptible country song of the decade the video is worse National Review's Jason Aldine isn't helping Rolling Stone Again, they can say all this all they fucking want, but homie, I hate to tell you, it has only helped. This film has only gone up in value. People have, the demand for this fucking film, for this, sorry, for this fucking music video, grew by over 999%. It came out in May. No one knew, noticed the fucking song until they tried to cancel it, and then it blew up. Say what you want about this about this song. It's only helping. Jason Aldean is now more relevant than he's been in the last 10 years. Alright, it's very interesting how from like, you know, Garth Brooks. By the way, where's the bodies, Garth? Gee, the families need closure, dog. You can't get away with it forever, Garth. You know, from Garth Brooks coming out with the Bud Light thing, calling boycotters assholes and big and rich a bunch of cowards and pussies for bound down to right-wing cancel culture and all that nonsense... To this right here, interesting. Moving on. Decade worse, National Review's Jason Aldean isn't helping Rolling Stones. Here's what's wrong with Jason Aldean's version, vision of America. MSNBC's Jason Aldean almost got away with it, and CNN's Jason Aldean, ignorant or just full of crap? Coming from CNN, that's pretty rich. As the above articles noted, Aldean's incendiary video, it's not incendiary in any way, was filmed outside of the Murray County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, where in 1927, an 18-year-old black man named uh, Henry Kate uh, Coat, who had been accused of assaulting a 16-year-old white girl, was hanged from the second-story window after being kidnapped from his jail cell by an angry white lynch mob and dragged across town uh, from the back of a car. A uh, <clears throat> representative for the production company that worked on Try That in a Small Town music video, Tacklebox, clarified to Yahoo Entertainment that the video's, quote, popular filming location outside Nashville had not been chosen by Aldine. Interesting. Even then, I assumed it was chosen because they showed it in the music video. This 
courthouse was set on fire back in the day. Jason Aldean shot the site where a white lynch mob strung Henry uh, Codup in, Mon uh, in Murray County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee, after they dragged his body through the streets with a car in 1927. That's where Aldean chose to sing about murdering people who don't respect police. Uh, no. None the slightest. The whole sentiment is just fuck around and find out in a small town. The only way it's a threat is if you intend to go out and do it. It's a warning if you want to really stretch it and keep it within a just foul means. This music video is a warning to rioters. And most of Antifa and BLM's rioters were not black people. It was unhinged socialist white kids who went out and rioted. So go fuck yourself. Now, what's this? Just a little bit of song. When you're in a small town, it's an unspoken rule of, quote, we all have each other's backs and we don't, and we look out for each other. It feels like somewhere along the way that sense of community and respect has gotten lost deep down. We are all ready to get back to that. I hope my new music video helps y'all know that you aren't, that you are not alone in feeling that way. Go and check it out. Yeah. Let's see. And this has 14.2 million views. Retweet it, it will be on my page, you can go find it. However, some TikTok sleuths have claimed that Aldine had an agenda. Sleuths. It's a nice way of saying Renville on TikTok claim. Sleuths should be in quotes here. Uh, aside from the location. With regards to its uh, interspersed new footage of what appeared to be the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, you mean riots, flag burning, looting, and police attacks. You see that there? The BLM riots that consisted of burnings, looting, and violent attacks. Again, go fuck yourself, Yahoo. It's a riot. Yahoo, left-wing rag if you didn't know. There's a reason why they're like constantly sh changing ownerships. Like They're not doing great. But moving on. Aldine had tweeted, quote, There isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage in that video, but content creator and activist uh, Destiny Stark pointed out that much of the footage was not actually filmed in the United States. Stark claimed that one of the scenes of the women flipping the protester the bird is a clip from Germany being sold as stock footage, while another is allegedly from a 2013 protest in Ukraine. Rolling Stones additionally reported that another clip seems... To be from the 2010 G20 protest in Toronto. Uh, again, I'm sure. I'm. That's like saying they had, you know, stock grain in here too. If it's all the stock footage, you know, they use the stock footage. Don't know why they would have to use stock footage. From what I was watching, it all seemed to be pretty uh, based in the U.S. But sure, perhaps I haven't fact-checked any of that, any of those claims. But that doesn't detract from the message or the meaning of the film. If anything, that hurts your arguments because 
Well, there you go. It's not calling you out anymore. So what's, what's the big deal? What's the concern for you guys here if it's not calling you out? But there's also plenty of footage that shows that courthouse on fire as well as that city on fire. And you see plenty of Americans and American flags on fire. You see tons of art of footage based here. And I'm sure Jason Aldean isn't in charge of every little wasn't in charge of every little bit of editing and production. It's a songwriter. They outsource for most of that kind of stuff. Moving on. Quote, so the consensus of Aldean's video is that he's protecting his small community from rioters and protesters. No rioters. Uh, protesting the police. Uh, not protesting the police. That That's not specifically called out. No, no, he just calls out people who attack other people. And he proceeds to list a long laundry list of attacks and incidents that happened here in the U.S. You would think he would actually use footage uh, actually from America. He used plenty of footage from America. Uh, started uh, Stated on TikTok, quote, You know, it would be difficult to protest your small town in America from the festival taking place in Berlin, Germany. Another TikTok, that's a schizoid take. Another TikTok user from the handle Danny F. Collins also argued that even Aldine's Try That Small Town lyric video, which was released on May 19th, had a hidden message claiming that that was an earlier promo for a glorified 1956 attack on an anti-segregationist reporter. See, that's just people reaching for shit. Like, that's insane. I don't... Again... How do you think they, they do the mental gymnastics for this? And should they get a gold medal for the mental gymnastics that they have to do? Because it is impressive how they come to these things. Like, how do you get from a brief lyric video that came out and only shows a few seconds of a song to it being about segregation reporters, anti-segregation reporters being attacked? None of that is referenced in the song in the slightest. Kind of wild. But they'll throw anything at the fucking wall and hope it sticks. Let's see, moving on. P.D. East, who challenged the Southern racist establishment in Jim Crow era Mississippi. Quote, East was ostracized from, from the community, was spat on, he was threatened with violence because he tried, he tried that in a small town, Collins posted. All right, well, hey, let me ask you a question. If we really live in this big progressive era, like the left constantly perpetuated, perpetually claims that we do, then how's the song getting so popular? Why is it that you guys are the only weirdos bitching about this when normies and non-political affiliated people are just rocking out of this fucking song? I fail to understand it. It's only like the one side, and they all tend to have the same haircut and septum rings. So I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. Plus, you're referencing shit that happened like a hundred years ago. You know, before certain constitutional amendments and civil rights laws went through and were passed. Make it so none of that shit could ever happen again. I mean, I, I imagine you choose to ignore that on purpose, right? Crow was among the first celebrities to put, quote, try that small town on blast among the accusations of racism. Aldine, who witnessed the worst gun massacre in U.S. history at the 2017 Route 91 Harvest Music Festival in Las Vegas... Yeah, when an absolute CIA operative and plant shot up the fucking place. Uh, caught flack for the song seemingly pro-gun lyrics, which celebrate, quote, good old boys raised right, who, quote, take care of their own. Crow, who in 1996 had her second album banned from Walmart due to the anti-gun lyrics in, quote, love is a good thing, tweeted last week, quote, I'm all, I'm from a small town. Even people in a small town are sick of violence. Yeah, and here's the thing. You can say, oh, you want people in small town also want guns. 
and just and you'll find sure you'll find a diverse amount of people but that's the point you can say you're right all goddamn day and there's gonna be just as many people on the opposite side saying you're wrong if not way more people on the opposite side the solution to gun violence is not to ban guns because the more you ban guns you know criminals exist because criminals don't give a fuck about the law hence why they're called criminals meaning that they will go behind the law and under and skirt everything they can to get illegal firearms and the people who won't have firearms are law-abiding citizens who would follow the law and not own the firearms making them easy victims for people who are criminals who will get firearms illegally every gun control law is a sitting duck policy so uh yeah again I like how when it's like David Hogg and he comes out and says, you know, I survived a terrible shooting. Everyone's like, yeah, you should take him seriously. He survived a shooting. He knows what he's talking about. He's an expert. Jason Aldean, who survives a mass shooting, comes out and says, you know, I don't think gun taking away people's guns are the right move. Oh, well, he should have my view. What the fuck is wrong with him? He survived a mass shooting. Is he stupid? Is he retarded? Go fuck yourself. Sorry, you're so mad. The idea of people having a difference in opinion is so offensive to you, princess. The next few years are going to be brutal for you, I imagine. Moving on. There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. You should know... That better than anyone having survived a mass shooting. And how dare you bring that up as an argument against him, bitch. Alright, I caved to my record label and did a cover of the new Jason Aldean song. Please share it around and enjoy I Love Country Music. How inclusive it is. Hey y'all, it's me, a Demi artist. I, this is uh, going to be a parody, isn't it? I'm going to level with you here. I don't agree with the politics of Jason Aldean in any way. But I got a call from the record execs this morning and they said... That uh, he's trending really Painted well. Painted nails. Want to see some Give it away. And some uh, some retweets, stuff like that. We really ought to do a, a cover of a Jason Aldean song. And I thought, well, impressions is what I care about most. So let's do this. You know what I mean? So uh, please share away. This is Jason Aldean's new hit. Uh, it's called Sundown Town. <laughs> we got no protests or civil unrest. Never took a goddamn COVID test And we can all read, but we don't do it Driving trucks valued higher than a new Corvette Yeah, we all wear boots and we love to shoot And we root for the cops to stop people like you This is a sundown town Oh, baby, it's a sundown town mm. Better never let the sun go down I'd oh, buy it, actually brother or the guns come I kind of fuck with it, actually. That's true that I am ignorant on most of this. A couple folks, for some reason, called me a bigot. But I sweat a lot, and I sing them loud. Even though I didn't like the shit I'm singing about, I just read the words and say, yeah, that one's good, as long as it implies a gown and hood. This is a sundown town. Again, I'd buy it. Baby, it's a sundown town. And this dude's pedal nails give it, uh, you know, was that blue pink? Mmm, buddy. I want to see his aquariums, actually. I love fish. That's, uh, that's Jason Aldean. I want to see your internet history. But actually, I'd buy that. He should actually turn that into a full-length song and release it. I'd fuck with it. Just call it Fuck Around and Find Out Town. Pretty straightforward. Those lyrics are actually quite bass. And the thing... 
the song has nothing against protesters. It's very much calling out violent rioters. Every lyric lists actual assaults that happened. Same thing with the people who are coming out and attacking, like, Sound of Freedom. You know, we find out that multiple critics are these, you know, they, they are linked to Manbla, Glenson, or that other one we just talked about today. So, uh, what's, uh, what's in this guy's, this guy's closet? I am oh so curious. You can check mine. It's actually just a bunch of clothes I still need to wash, because I'm a, a lazy fuck. Let's continue on, shall we? That guy's actually got a pretty decent set of pipes on him. Wouldn't leave them around kids, though. Other country artists who voiced their anti-Aldean opinions were raising Americana star Adine. Never heard of him. The artist uh, who went viral for his own right with uh, the parody song Sundown Town. Got you. So that's who that is. And Margot Price, who reposted the Guardian story. Ooh, the Guardian. About Aldine wearing blackface in 2015. And okay, Jimmy Kimmel. Y'all love Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel did blackface. So did Jimmy Fallon. Y'all love these folks. Y'all really want to talk about that? You can talk about blackface all you want, but you better better be prepared to deal with a lot of people on your side who are guilty of it. Again, uh, like the left coming out and attacking people for racism, it's the same as back in the day when the right would come out and attack people for being gay. I don't want these gay people getting married. These facts should not have rights. And then you'd find that GOP member sucking some man's cock at a party. You know, back in the good old days, how it used to be in this country. Amen, brother. Hell yeah. Rootin' tootin'. Same thing. The left comes out and says, oh, this racist bigotry, blah, blah, blah. The reason why they're so adamant on attacking people and saying, oh, this, they're racist. It's because they know their history. It's because they know what they fought for in the Civil War. Well, part of what they fought for in the Civil War. I'm not going to act like, like, uh, like the North isn't completely blameless in a lot of that shit. But... They also, they just knew. They they know they brought in Jim Crow laws. They know they're the, the Ku Klux Klan. That's why they peddled the party switch shit until more and more people were like, yeah, look into that. What party switch? Oh, the one during the Civil civil Rights era. Oh, the one during the Civil War. And then they start arguing with each other over when it happened. Because these two factions of the left, but oh, actually it happened in the Civil Rights. No, you're wrong. It happened during the Civil War era, and here's why. And both sides are completely full of shit. There was never a party switch. Really strong thermos started digging down a black chick and everything switched around him after two other senators died. Didn't quite add up. And then what? Lincoln died and... Fucking the vice president took over? I, I've never understood the Civil War era one. Because the... You know, the politics were pretty consistent on both sides of that line there. So, party switch is complete bunk bullshit. Continuing on, the story about Aldine wearing blackface in 2015 and wrote, quote, just popping on here to say Aldine is a clown, uh, Jason Isbell, who has never shied away from expressing his liberal views on social media, fanned the flames with a series of tweets, quote, dare Aldine to write his next single himself. That's what, <laughs> buddy, you too, everyone has ghostwriters. I, I, I dare you to audit yourself and who writes your songs. Come on now. But moving on. To write his next single himself, that's what we try in a small town, he wrote. Quote, I'm challenging you to write a song yourself, all alone. If you're a recording artist, make some new art. I want to hear it. Seriously, how do you defend the content of a song you weren't even in the room for? 
Alright, well, if he wasn't in the room for it, then why call him so many personal names? If he's just reading off a script according to you, then just call him a puppet. Why all the other uh, expletives before that? All the isms and phobes you address with it. At that point, he's just as much of a puppet as the President of the United States himself is. By that logic, I'm just kind of thinking outside the box here, perhaps. Let's see, you just got it from your producer. If you'd been there when it was written, you'd be listening as a writer. We all know that's how this works. Again, how do you know that he didn't write the song? How do you know you were in the room for it? I, I think you're telling on yourself here. I think you have a, a, a series of ghost writers, or you use maybe an AI typing prompt to write your songs. Because it, this is a weird argument. And we know at this point, typically, whatever they come out and accuse you of doing, they're doing themselves. I remember back in the day when Rice Gum accused people of having ghost writers. And then people said, yeah, and here they are. But here, we'll write our own shit. And when they wrote their own shit, it was way better. And buddy, I've never heard of you, Isbell. I've never heard of you. I've heard of Jason Aldean. So I can only imagine Jason Aldean is going to consistently outsell you and be continuously more relevant than you. But that's okay. You make music for people with your niche politics. And the fact that your sales and revenue and numbers don't compete with Jason Aldean confirms that your appeal is to a niche audience. There's nothing wrong with being a niche audience. Hobo Johnston has a niche audience. Uh, Dr. Octagon has a niche audience. It's completely fine to have a niche audience. But at the same time, know your lane, homie. Moving on. Isabel was pointing out that Aldean's song was actually penned by Kurt Allison, uh, Tolly Kennedy, and Kelly Lovelace, and Neil Thrasher. Isabel's tweet sparked the ire of one of Aldean's high-profile supporters, country star Jake Owens, who tweeted back, quote, Jason, you're always the first to get behind your keyboard and spout off of some stupid shit. In my small town, in my small town, you just walk up to the guy and be a man to his face. If you want, to, if you want, uh, if you want the smoke, not tweet it, not tweet it at him, tough guy. Yep, fair. Isabel countered, "Quote: What really gets me about this is that it's saying, quote, if you don't believe me, you can physically over, if you can't believe you can physically overpower me, you aren't allowed to publicly publicly disagree with me." Uh, no, you can disagree with people. It's the amount of disrespect that you have in your disagreement with people. You call them racist, homophobe, bigots, and you say they support lynching and all that. That's not, that's not disagreeing with them. You're actively accusing them of being and supporting some of the most horrific things you can support. I tend to find myself agreeing with Mike Tyson when he said people are too comfortable running their mouth and not getting knocked the fuck out. Because, again, I grew up with a bunch of siblings. A lot of older brothers. And if I popped off, I could disagree with them. We'd have heated arguments. But if my disagreements were mixed in with name-calling, I would get popped right in the shit and knocked the fuck out. Pretty quick. Old-school upbringing, I guess. A lot of Gen X. A lot of, uh, a lot of older millennial siblings. Them fucked me up. But moving on. So yeah, no, you're comfortable talking shit behind your keyboard, but you would never say this shit to Jason Aldean's face. I challenge you to even disagree remotely with him to his face. You would see him in person and kiss his ass and stammer him and haw about it. You wouldn't be like, yeah, hey, listen here, you little pussy. Listen here, you little bitch. 
I highly doubt that. You skinny little twink build bitch made fool. Let's continue on. What does that say about the people in your life who aren't big strong boys? Again, it's that. It's that it's that condescending, disrespectful back talk. Homie, that's what makes me want to fight you. It's not that you disagree. Because you can say get on here and respectfully disagree all you want. I was just running a fucking political tent at a very liberal city in Ann Arbor not too long ago during the art fair. I'll be able to in some of my videos and from that too here later on. You know. I had a lot of disagreements. A lot of people got in my face and called me all kinds of shit. But hey, I kept it chill. But here's the thing. People were willing to talk a lot of shit from a mile away too. And I was like, why don't you come over here and talk to us? They wouldn't come anywhere near us. And I was like, no, nah, it's okay, man. You can say all that. Just I asked you to come over here and say it to me directly. They would not do it. They actually, I'm going to have to upload my video too. I recorded like the first hour and 45 minutes of me working in this booth, just talking to people, getting conversations going. But let's continue on. Uh, they just have to shut up. Again, settle this. You guys can meet in person. You guys do music festivals together. I imagine it wouldn't be too hard. But damn, all right. Let's check this out, shall we? Ooh, actually, we'll come back to this. Other Aldine defenders include noted conservative country stars Travis Tritt, Big and Rich, John Rich, and God Bless the USA singer Lee Greenwood. Tritt tweeted, I'mo. This song isn't promoting violence, as some have suggested. It is simply expressing a point of view that many Americans have shared which is against the obvious violence that we have seen from the likes uh, of so many activist, air quotes, activist groups in this country in recent years and the behalf, of sh behalf shared by millions that this behavior would not be tolerated by any people in many places, by many people in many places across the U.S., God bless America, and we all have people in it. That's basically what I was saying. Uh, I was saying that earlier. In a lot of parts of this country, that, that mentality of uh, don't fuck around, find out, that just doesn't exist. But in a lot of other places, it does exist. You know, like Uvalde. You know, that that's not really a fuck around. You, you can go to that town, do whatever you want. The, the They'll just stay in the hallways and let you get away with it. But on the other hand, where that, you know, tranny try to shoot that, you know, Christian school. You know, them motherfuckers ran up in there and capped that motherfucker real quick. Painted her brains up all over that room. Made her head look like a Japanese man's genitalia in a porno. Because, you know, the pixelations on that shit. Moving on. I thought her joke was funnier than it was. Uh, bah, bah, bah. In recent years. Shared by Millions Behavior, God Bless America. In an interview on Jesse Waters' primetime, Greenwood called Aldine, quote, the biggest patriot, like a lot of us, and said Aldine's song has nothing to do with racism. And is about people trying to take away the freedoms of expression is a great song. I wish I had it. Cody Johnson also declared on stage in St. Louis, quote, if, patri if, patriotic, if being patriotic makes you an outlaw, then by God I'll be an outlaw. We live in a time where everyone gets pissed off at Jason Aldean for putting out a song. If you're uh, videoing this, and Jason Aldean, if you're seeing this, you keep it up, brother. You do you, boo-boo. At his own recent concert, Luke Bryan introduced Hunt, Fishing, and Lovin' Every Day with Wanna Send Wanna Send This One Out to My Buddy Jason Aldean. Contrary to the reports circulating online, 
Brian has not pulled his video from CMT in protest, neither have Hank Williams Jr., Blake Sheldon, or any other country music artist as of this writing. Uh, outside of the country music genre, pot-stirring rocker Ted Nugent, bass Ted Nugent, on Fox News over the weekend uh, to defend Aldean, saying, quote, the idiots hate, uh, hate this Jason Aldean song because they hate to have pushback against violence. They always get it 180 degrees, 180 degrees wrong. And this song, and this song is against violence. The song is about self-defense. The song is about protecting your loved ones in your neighborhood. If you find fault with the song that celebrates protecting your loved ones, your neighborhood, you might be going down. Uh, you might be going down to Target, <laughs> to the Satan display, and getting down on your knees. You might type a person to drink a Bud Light in the middle of Target. Shopping for a swimming suit after you got your eighth booster in the pharmacy, as the, as I would put it. These are just weird people. We dismiss them because they've gotten out of hand, because they've got no soul. I laugh in their face. Based. Guitarist, multi-platinum musician, the Okay, we will, we, will, we will come back to these long-ass videos. Ted Nugent's friends Donald Trump posted on True Social, Jason Aldean is a fantastic guy who came out with a great new song. Uh, other pro-Aldean politicians have included GOP presidential candidates Ron DeSantis, Chris, Chris, uh, Christy Nome, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, with the latter two playing, quote, tries a small town at recent campaign events. Tennessee State Rep Justin Jones whew, was, one of the, was one of the politicians who voiced disapproval, tweeting, quote, as Tennessee lawmakers, we have an obligation to condemn Jason Aldean's... No, you don't. Heinous song calling for racist violence. What one shameful... Vision of gun extremism and vigilantism. We will continue to call for common sense gun laws that protect all our children and communities. Uh, Blanco Brown, you guys sound like the conservative parents of like the 1990s and conservative politicians in the 1990s bringing Twisted Sister before you guys in Congress to talk about putting ratings on labels, only for that parental advisory sticker to just bump up the amount of people selling and buying the records. Blanco Brown, a black country singer, signed the same label. As Aldine, BBR Music Group, also spoke up for Aldine, albeit with more mixed feelings than most Aldine supporters. Quote, Aldine's streams are going to go through the roof. I hate the words to that song, but I don't believe he's a racist. Uh, one of the first to check on me in my time of need, Brown wrote in a since-deleted tweet referring to his near-fatal motorcycle accident in 2020. Brown's whew, uh, prediction was indeed correct. Much like the controversy and subsequent uh, cancellation surrounding Morgan Whalen's use of racial slurs in 2021 seemed to do nothing to derail the country uh, superstar's career. Controversy seems to be the to have only boosted Aldean's profile last week. Small town jumped to number one, uh, number one spot on Apple Music's top ten uh, top songs and music video charts. And since the streams for the song have spiked nearly 1,000% from 987,000 to 11.7 million, and sales increased from 1,228,000 units, according to the music industry tracker uh, Illuminate, the day that CMT pulled the quote, try this from a small town video, it had 424,000 views. A week later, it had racked up 16 million and counting. That is fucking wild. Now let's read the only comment here. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek St. 
Tufnell says, The only thing that bothered me was including the flag burning, uh, protected speech with felonies like carjacking and armed robbery. Again, it's the mentality. It's the we hate what this flag stands for and the rights that this flag stands for and protects. Or is it supposed to protect? It's fine. You're allowed to burn it. At the same time, if we're going to sit here and call what they're doing, pro, we're going to sit here and call rioting, protesting, then we can easily throw flag burning into that same camp using their own logic. But I kind of get where you're coming from. But over several decades, how much content from the music industry has celebrated violent crimes, drug dealing, uh, gangsterism, misogyny, and uh, the debt. Uh, Ugh, disintegration of uh, civil society in general. Tons of it. And we seldom heard much objection from the left uh, or from community leaders. So in general, the driving, the dividing line seems to be, quote, so criminal versus anti-criminal that the sides clearly have been taken. Eh, I'm not going to fully disagree with you on that either. Alright, folks. So let's watch these videos real quick. man himself, Ted Nugent, is here. Hey, Ted. My man. Jimmy, happy summertime to you. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to thank you for lending me this jacket. That was very nice of you, Ted. My pleasure. I shot that myself just for people like you, Jimmy. <laughs> and be sure to tell the audience that if they like it, it also comes in men's. At this Jason Aldean controversy, we obviously thought of you because the left's been getting upset with you forever. Hunting, guns. First of all, give us our audience a sense of what it's like to be in the eye of the outrage mob storm. Well, number one, Jimmy, I got to tell you, happy summertime 23. I'm out on my last and greatest tour, and I got to tell you, I Love could you. be spoiled rotten. I could actually isolate myself and pretend that the world's perfect because my band is perfect. <laughs> my crew is perfect. My kids are perfect. My wife is perfect. My dogs are perfect. My, uh, my entire team, every day on tour since 1959, literally, I'm surrounded by just working hard, positive people you know, that really love freedom and that put their heart and soul on being the best that they can be. Now, I know there's a bunch of idiots out there, mm -hmm. but you need to learn to get a kick out of the idiots. The idiots <laughs> hate this, this Jason Aldean song because they hate when we push back against violence. They always get it 180 degrees wrong. The song is against violence. The song is about self-defense. The song is about protecting your loved ones in your neighborhood. If you find fault with a song that celebrates protecting your loved ones in your neighborhood, you might be going down to Target to the to the Satan display and getting on your knees. <laughs> These are just weird people. We dismiss them out of hand because they've got no soul. I laugh in their face. So you don't take them serious, you just keep on trucking. So let me ask you this, Ted. Out on the Adios Mofo tour, where you find yourself right now, would you say the fact that you've been a target in the past actually hardens your support because you have kept on trucking as opposed to taking them seriously. Yeah, when I get on stage tonight in Shipshawana, Indiana, then I go to Charlestown, West Virginia, and Terre Haute, Indiana, then to Mount Vernon, Kentucky, I just keep going. I have the time of my life with the best people in the world. You're absolutely right. I've always stood up radically, really extremist for God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, and commandments, go to rule, work, ethic, law, and order, all that really radical stuff. And that represents the heart and soul of the best 
most passionate, most cocky, most fun people in the world. And that's always what I've been surrounded by. So yeah, when people started realizing that to be silenced because of fear of being canceled before the term cancel really was implemented, um, people realized that Ted Nugent was always on the front line standing up for truth, logic, and common sense. And my audiences are full of the most positive, uppity, outrageous, defiant, independent patriots in the world. And it, it, it literally is a tsunami beneath my American eagle wins. I, I, I am out it. of body stage I, every I, night, and so is the audience. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, really quickly, if Jason Aldean was watching, and he might be, given how sexy you and I look on this camera right now, uh, would your advice to him be to just keep on trucking, just tune him out? I've actually responded to a bunch of uh, social media posts about this, and I've said, Jason, the best Americans, and not only just Americans, but because of the reach of social media, it's almost like radio for Europe. Yep. Uh, the reach of social media gets to good people all over the world, and all the good people in the world are saying what the Nugent family says. Go, Jason, go. Love you it. are a true earth compass setting, and we salute you, and we stand with you. Love it. Last question. You were famously invited to the Trump White House with Kid Rock and Sarah Palin. Have you gotten any invite? from Joe Biden. No, I have not. And I'm so proud of that because <laughs> idiots never invite me. I never get I never get invitations from bad people and he's the worst of the worst. Well, we'll take it. But listen, if you want to go somewhere, I can get you into the Waffle House. I got pulled. I, I see. I'm the czar of the Waffle House. Who are you kidding? Jimmy? I love it. Come you... on. I... <laughs> Actually, that would be Lana Del Rey who's the czar of the Waffle House. But that being said, I'm going to wrap this up here. I this I know there's another video in here. It's eight minutes long. There's no way to like double watch the video or double speed it. So I'm gonna wrap this up here. That being said, this has been inside of four walls. I have been your James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys later. And folks, me and CNN would like to remind you to just take time to enjoy the little things in life. You know, the small, easy things we can do every day to treat ourselves, like going down the subway and getting ourselves a nice, delicious, foot-long sub, right? Meatball marinara is my favorite. I like to get a little bit of that, uh, that sweet sauce on there, too, with some spinach and peppers and onions and whatnot. Mm, that sweet onion sauce? Mm, delicious. But no, seriously, CNN literally praised and slobbed the knob of Trump's prosecutor because he went and got Subway. I shit you not. The amount of links they're willing to go to shower praise amongst uninteresting and unextraordinary people and unextraordinary people is absolutely fucking stunning. Now check this out. CNN praises Trump special counsel Jack Smith for getting a Subway sandwich 
as Trump prepares for yet another arrest. Quote, Jack Smith can't resist a $5 foot long. $5. Go fuck yourself. By Katie Davis Court. CNN took the time to get the network's priorities straight on Thursday by following Biden's DOJ special counsel Jack Smith around Washington, D.C. and praising him for getting a Subway sandwich. This after the bombshell news that Smith had sent a for- had sent former President Donald Trump a letter informing him that he is the target of a grand jury investigation into the Capitol riot on January 6. Quote, Jack Smith can't resist a $5 foot long. That's according to what we see right there. New and exclusive CNN video of special counsel at Subway, CNN host said on Thursday. Oh, this is pathetic. Jack Smith, the $5 footlong. That's according to what we see right there. New and exclusive CNN video of the special counsel at Subway. Declining, though, to respond to reporters' questions about today's big news. A target letter sent to the former president wow. of the United States, CNN's Evan Perez, was... The Pirates of the Caribbean-level dramatic adventure music. Well, this guy just casually walks off with his lunch. Again, this is the same network that made up a debt, a COVID death counter, which was a random number generator, by the way. And even if we went with the official numbers, it would still effectively be a random number generator, because the official sources like CDC and WHO refuse to subsidize or uh, substantiate. My apologies, substantiate any of their sources when it comes to, you know, where they got COVID from, and they won't clarify. The difference between dying of and dying with the disease, right? Now, this is also the same network that anytime Trump tweeted, they would interrupt already scheduled programming, even paid programming, to run a breaking news segment about Trump tweeting something at 2 a.m. on the shitter. In fact, it was a joke back in the day that you knew Trump was up taking a shit in the middle of the night or up taking a piss in the middle of the night or up getting a snack in the middle of the night. Trump was up doing something in the middle of the night because CNN would be breaking with a Trump tweeted something. Breaking news alert at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. Some ridiculous ass time. They would interrupt everything to do these fucking stories. Just the music alone. CNN video of the special counsel at Subway declining, though, to respond to reporters' questions about today's news. This is like news. Avengers a Assemble shit. The former president of the United States, CNN's Evan Perez, was there <laughs> trying to track down the special. Again, go fuck yourself. It's really, it's really not that goddamn deep. Dresden Petrie, the that that people are willing to just throw themselves at the fucking feet of these people. According to the host, CNN reporter Evan Perez attempted to ask Smith a question about President Trump's pending indictment, but Smith declined to respond to reporters' questions about the day's big news. End quote. Again, they know this is going to drive clicks. They know this is going to drive views. will drive attention. They can write articles about this. They can publish this clip. It just gave CNN a little something extra to milk when it comes to Trump because... Without Trump, CNN has no views. None whatsoever. Donald Trump released a statement on Monday. And by the way, when CNN was forced to face that, they fired Chris Litch over it. Keep that in mind. Donald Trump released a statement on Monday announcing that Smith had notified him. 
in a Sunday letter sent uh, that the Biden administration's Department of Justice considers him a, quote, target of the January 6th grand jury. Trump explained that this means he will more than likely be arrested and indicted again. Quote, deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter saying that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment, Trump wrote. Right here. <laughs> For the post-millennial, CNN. Jack Smith can't resist the $5 footlong. Isn't he dreamy? So pathetic. Yeah, no, for real. This will mark the third criminal indictment against the former president, uh, former President Trump, by Biden's Department of Justice, which, uh, which many consider to be a political prosecution, at the hands of a weaponized DOJ. Donald Trump is the current frontrunner for the 2024 Republican primary presidential election, and is also leading. President Biden in some 2024 presidential polls. Yeah. No, for real. For fucking real. Anyway, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. Go get a Subway sub, I guess. Maybe you'll make the news. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. Now, yeah, Jared Kushner and Ivanka were duds. Now, I will say, Jared Kushner did masterfully handle the Abraham Accords, and now that that part of his, now that his full capacity necessities have been used, it good riddance to him. Now, we did have the report, and Trump said, oh, well, you know, I love my kids, but they have other things to be doing. They, they won't be working with my campaign. So I thought it'd be better to let them go on and, you know, free them of the burden of working on my campaign. To which... They said, oh, we quit. We don't want to work on the campaign. And then there was a lot of argument about, oh, did they quit? You know, Trump said, well, no, I, I just told them they don't have to worry about it. I let them go. I don't really know who the, both sides are talking in ways that both sides seem like they would behave. So it's he said, she said. Ultimately, it's kind of irrelevant. But it does show a massive rift. Because getting rid of these two is something that a lot of people in the Trump administration and, like, in the very populist side of politics were trying to do for a long time. And again, they backed up a little bit after like the Abraham Accords happened because a lot of people were like, wow, okay, look, something good can come of this guy. All right, we'll give it a chance. But then it was just dud after dud after dud. Since then, he didn't give off much emotion and she seemed like a bit of a fucking ditz. And came off really fucking bratty most of the time. And not even like in a fun kind of way. But just in like a really shitty, obnoxious, Paris Hilton-y kind of way unfortunately but michael cohen trump's former attorney the guy who keeps defending stormy daniels only to get laughed out of court after court after court and has basically destroyed his reputation is now coming out saying that quote or a headline goes michael cohen thinks jared kushner and ivanka trump are jack smith's inside moles now as soon as i saw this headline my uh bullshit radar went off for one very specific reason Michael Cohen supposedly wants to make sure Trump goes down, right? So why would you come out and oust who you think the moles are? This would only hurt the case, right? Now, naming the moles 
in a prosecution or an investigation that would possibly, according to all these outlets, right, lead to Trump's permanent arrest because, you know, the walls are perpetually closing in and whatnot. Well, I guess the question comes down to if you're really t- interested in that all, at any cost, regardless of who it is, take Trump down, why would you come forward and try to name the moles? Now, there's a few angles to this one. Perhaps, you know, Cohen wants to be the reason Trump goes down. Not this fucking Jack Smith asshole. Fuck him. Mm, but they're, there's cases that they overlap on with each other. So they have to have maintain a functional relationship. That can't be it. The other side of that is, what if this is just to cause a rift? It's a bluff. You know, uh, uh, just a, a little, a little Munchelian play. The fuck of the, the fuck of the board. But these two are already not part of Trump's campaign, so this doesn't seem to make sense either. Could a corrupt, lying attorney just be a lying, corrupt attorney? Possibly. As you can tell, I have a few thoughts on this one. I don't really know which one I fall on. I tend to lean towards this being a bit of a bullshit story, but this is being circulated right now. This is being talked about, and I thought it was interesting because I feel like, I don't know, this could become a bigger talking point in the future either to discredit Jack Smith and Michael Cohen, or should it be true, it raises a whole bevy, a real plethora of other fucking problems and questions and concerns about this. What do you guys think? I am basically said what I thought about it. You know, I ran through these thoughts in my head about what could this be? Why is this happening? But let's get into this admittedly short article. Article by Travis Getty. Over here at Raw Story, a left rag. But again, it is the left pump- pumping out this article. I found out about this because I was happily minding my own business and... Someone, uh, someone I know came to me and was like, So, Trump's so bad his own daughter wants him locked up. I was like, lol, what? Sorry, I was minding my own business, so he just came up here all schizophrenic on me. What what happened? And then I was agreed with this story, and I read through a couple, and I was like, mm, Doesn't exactly pass a sniff test. But let's get into it. And let me know what you guys think by the end of the story. Or just tell me right now. Either way, it's fine. Jared Kushner testified before a grand jury investigating the January 6th insurrection. But former President Donald Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, believes the ex-president's son-in-law has been talking all along to investigators. Again, leading with the insurrection verbiage and language is, is disingenuous. And again, adds to my suspicions of the legitimacy to this. When the FBI comes out time and time again and says, yeah, we can't really find much of anything to suggest that this was pre-planned. Being pre-planned is sort of one of the core things necessary for an insurrection. Yikes. And then all the things that have come out since then, you rattling them off now would be old hat to you. Let's just continue on. Special counsel Jack Smith's team reportedly asked the former White House official whether Trump's genuinely believed he had won the 2020 election or whether he knows his fraud claims were bogus. And Cohen told CNN that Kushner wouldn't have been asked to appear unless investigators felt confident that he could help establish corrupt intent. Again, that's not true. He could just be a witness. He could just be testifying. We'll just have to see what happens. 
this won't go to trial until next week. Quote, why would Jack Smith bring Jared Kushner to the table unless you already knew what Jared is going to say? Well, let's say they already know what he's going to say. It is important to have it on record that the person whose story you know is told to you by the person, like, you know, the person themselves, so that you know your version of their story and their story are the same. You're an attorney. I'm not. You know, this isn't a hard thing to wrap your head around at this point in time. It's pretty straightforward. He could be a witness. He could just be testifying. Now, they're pretty sleazy, and they've never rubbed me the right way, so I'm not ruling out the possibility that they're snitches. Sure. I mean, Trump's own nephew, who he partially raised, wrote that book about him. And then vanished into the night when she when it all got debunked and she had and she just slinked away with her money. No refunds. Should be the liberal slogan at this point. Now, moving on. Cohen said, quote, There is no way that Jack Smith brought Jared in there to impeach, you know, the information or the testimony that he has. That is just not how the grand jury system works. Again, but if this person is the mole, if you really think they're the mole, and your intent, Cohen, is to have Trump locked away at all, you know, no matter who it does, as long as it's done. Why are you coming on saying this? Either you don't believe this to be true, or you're trying to sabotage something. And I'm just curious. I'm so curious. Because we're talking about, we're talking about a bad actor talking about another bad actor. It's interesting, is it not? Kushner can't be happy that he's been pulled back into his father-in-law's business, Cohen said, but he believes both he and Ivanka Trump have been spilling secrets about the former president since leaving the White House. And that's all they have to go off of. Quote, Look, the entire familiar relationship has gone south, Cohen said. We see Jared and Ivanka stepping away and... I said it on CNN pro, on the CNN program about a year ago that I do believe that Jared and Ivanka were the inside moles. Not that I have any information to prove it exactly. It's hearsay, but that has not stopped tons of outlets from running with the story, unfortunately. Moving on. Jared does not want to see the inside of a prison cell. He knows what it's like uh, <laughs> through his father's eyes. He knows how difficult it was for him and his siblings. He doesn't want to do the same thing to his children. That's a threat. <laughs> That's a threat. Hey, Jared. Now, reading it in this context, does it almost sound like it's an invitation to come testify? Yeah, bud. You might get called into court. Hey, bud, you better just play ball. Wouldn't it be a shame we went after your kids next? Interesting verbiage. Interesting thing to say, right? Yeah. Again, what's going on here? It's dubious, no matter how you look at it. It's all hearsay being pushed by one of the main people trying to lock Trump up right now. So, audience, what do you think? What's going on with this? Now, let's get back into it information to prove it 
Sonic's eyes, difficult for him, siblings, siblings, children. Cohen believes that Kushner has been working with investigators to keep the heat off himself. Quote, I have always believed it, and especially the fact, and why have you never said it before? And why would you only say it now when it could harm the looming indictment for the January 6th investigations? I'm just curious why you're uh, doing this now of all times. And especially the fact that Jared was always known in the White House as the, as the secretary of everything. And with all the things that went on, how come there is no investigation into Jared Cohen said, quote, He comes out several months later. He's got two billion from the Saudis, a couple hundred million. That, that is a very valid question, actually. I have no pushback. That is just a very valid fucking point, actually. From the Saudis, couple hundred million from the other Gulf Coast country. There's no investigation into that relationship between him and the Saudis. What he has absolutely no capability. Yeah. And he has never run anybody's money before. To the point that the finance committee, uh, the finance committee of the Saudi investment authorities said. He doesn't meet our criteria, but there is no investigation. Story is true. So Jared Kushner was in the hot seat before the grand jury. Someone you know also. How do you think he felt about being there? So this is puzzling to me because we all have to acknowledge that Jack Smith is a consummate professional. And being someone who has been before the grand jury... Why would Jack Smith bring Jared Kushner? You weren't before this grand jury. No, okay. to a different grand jury, to the uh, Manhattan yeah. DA. Why would why would Jack Smith bring Jared Kushner to the table unless he already knew what Jared is going to say? And Ellie, of course, could speak to that uh, at greater length. But there's no way that Jack Smith brought Jared in there to impeach, you know, the information or the testimony that he has. That's just not how the grand jury system works. So the reason you put Jared Kushner in the, in the grand jury is to find out what he has to say. Something You can use the grand jury to explore. Sometimes you take exactly. a witness who you know might be a problem for you. You might give testimony favorable to the defendant. Great. Let me find that out now. Let me know what's coming. And I think all of this really sort of highlights why this is a more difficult case when we get to intent than the documents case, right? The documents case, you can prove his intent by the fact that he had it, by his statements, by his effort to instruct, by the uh, audio tapes of him mm -hmm. talking about the information. It, it's a good example of why this is a trickier case for, pro not impossible, but trickier case for prosecutors. I agree with him. I can't argue with Ellie on that one. Jared Kushner, um, how do you think he feels about being pulled back in like Godfather 3? Every time he thinks he's out, he's back, you know, he gets pulled back in. Sure. Uh, he's unhappy about it. Look, the entire familial relationship has gone... Careful with the Godfather references, dude. Remember the last time a CNN anchor made a Godfather reference? It turned out that being called Fredo is the N-word for Italians. Good news. If you call him Guinea... Apparently, it's less offensive, and I say this as somebody, look, I'm not, when I say I'm black, it refers to, like, the tiny little, like, Elizabeth Warren chunk of Italian in me. <coughs> but, I'm mad if you're mad about what happened in New York. You know what? I meant to record that. I actually have an episode about that somewhere, but the audio was fucked up, so I didn't upload my recording about the New York pizza uh, situation where they banned the, the ovens. But... Rewind this slightly here. 
I'm happy about it. Look, the entire familial relationship has gone south. You see, Jared. Is, yeah, sure. Uh, he's unhappy about it. Look, the entire familial relationship has gone south. You see, Jared and Ivanka uh, stepping away. And I said it on uh, a CNN program with Allison Camrata about a year ago that I do believe that Jared and Ivanka. Yeah, no idea why, but that that train of thought's gone. Now I remember. Yeah. Um. For some context, when um. It was a joke, it was a meme on the internet, but the media wasn't informed of the meme aspect of it first. But, if you've ever seen The Godfather, the brother, the wimpy, pathetic, cowardly, scrawny, measly brother, the, the feckless think in The Godfather, is named Fredo. It's like Fre Fredo Famucci or whatever, you know. Now... By the way, just for how over top it is, I actually like the third Godfather. It's just super over the top. I, I like bad films. I like the room before everyone else was into it. Hipster, you know what I mean? As uh, Marlon's been saying lately, I'm I'm an apps. I'm I'm gay as fuck. I'm a hipster fig. I knew about Tommy Wiseau before PewDiePie introduced the whole world to him. <laughs> Off the point, but. You know, since Chris Cuomo was seen as, like, the less capable, you know, like, sidekick, assistant. You know, he was seen as this pathetic, br like, brother. He was the lesser Cuomo brother. So Chris Cuomo got called Fredo. Meanwhile, you know, Andrew Cuomo is, like, buddy with all these mafia guys is writing this shit in New York. Everyone thinks he's going to become president and all these like mo all these people who keep seeming to have dirt on him just vanish. It was a wild time when he was in charge of shit. So he got called Fredo and then he got busted outside of his house and at the time Chris Cuomo was supposed to be in, under quarantine right because he had covid allegedly. But he was seen in public and after a back and forth where he had threatened the guy who called him out, who just was on the sidewalk or going through like a little like public areas, like an outside nature trail, that this uh, a part like a part of Cuomo's property lined up like backed up against this like public property line. You know, I've heard it back and forth. It really depends on if you read left or right article, but nothing much came of it other than a multi. You, you know, Chris Cuomo, a prominent anchor, threatening a presumably fan considering this guy knew all these little details about him and all the articles afterwards said this guy was a longtime fan of cnn anyway you know after the back and forth the fan called him fredo and then he goes do you want to call us fredo that's the fucking n-word for italians no it's not i know like actual italians like bloodborne like 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 motherfuckers just like they're they were born here but like their mom and dad at least their dad is straight up Italian. Like, moved here when he was 30. And then had his kids after, like, a year or two after moving here. Started a family. So, like, no, it's not. I mean, no one's going to be like being called anyone with the association being a weak, frail fucking character. But, you know, just in general. Sure. Uh, he's unhappy about it. Look, the entire familial relationship has gone south. You see Jared and Ivanka uh, stepping away. And I said it on uh, CNN program with Allison Camrata about a year ago that I do believe that Jared and Ivanka were the inside moles. Um, 
not that I have any information to prove it. But you think they were the ones yes. talking to? Yes, because Jared does not want to see the inside of a prison cell. He knows what it's like through his father's eyes. His he knows how difficult said, yeah. it was for him and his siblings. He doesn't want to do the same thing to his children. I've always believed it, especially the fact that Jared was always known in the White House as the secretary of everything. And with all the things that went on, how come there's no investigation into Jared? He comes out several months later. He's got two billion from the Saudis, a couple hundred million from the other Gulf Coast countries. It's a fair there's question, no investigation actually. Into in it's a very fair question, actually. Uh, we don't know where he got that money from. It, 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 that that is a uh, you don't have much pushback for that. Is a very valid question. And is it money from oil? Like what kind of deals were done? Like where did he get that from? I, I, I do find myself very curious about that. Now, there is also the possibility that it was like, a, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, I can't pursue that business interest now because it would be a conflict of interest. But when I'm out of here, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. You could have easily made connections while in the White House. I'm just giving a generous connection, a generous idea. You know, it could also be that Jared Kushner is like the mannequin, less interesting version of Hunter Biden doing all these shady business dealings. But I feel like at this point in time, if that was a deal, we would know about it by now. But we'll see. Also, a lot of people bring up Michael Cohen and be like, yeah, well, he's Trump's ex-lawyer. He got fired. Like, dude, he got fired before Trump was elected president in 2016. So to sit here and act like because he's Trump's former attorney, he has any inside information into the Trump White House is the most ludicrous shit ever to the relationship between him and Saudi when he has absolutely no capability and he has never run anybody's money before to the point that the finance committee of the Saudi investment authority said he doesn't meet our criteria yeah, no, until Mohammed bin Salman yeah. turned around and said no no give him the money but there's no investigation there is one thing you just said Ellie that I, that I want you to weigh in on here because Michael was suggesting that Jared will tell the truth or say whatever is really happening to the prosecutors because he doesn't want to end up in prison because his father Charlie Kushner did serve time so Jared's going to be careful to be honest to the investigators. Doesn't that mean if he's telling them that Donald but Trump always believed he won the... I don't know much about Jerry Kushner's father's case. I, I know there is something to that, but all I know about it in full transparency, I, I got it from listening to Dave Smith talk about it forever ago, and the details of which have been long gone from my memory. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I, uh, one way or another on that. I just don't know. Though, it, I, uh, I have talked about this before. We really don't know where a lot of this money came from when it came to Jared Kushner. And like a lot of first son you know, or first family members goes in, already kind of wealthy, leaves a fascinatingly large amount of money, multiple times worth, worth multiple times more leaving than he did going in. Especially when you consider he wasn't in like a prominent, like a prominent role, but not like in an elected role, an appointed role. And then within a month, within a couple of years of leaving this, uh, you know, leaving this position, he's rolling and raking in all this dough. It is a little dubious. It is fucking suspicious. I absolutely agree. And there should be an investigation into it. You know, I don't disagree. A person can lose my support at a drop of a hat. Not because I'm disloyal. No, 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 no. Nothing like that at all. No. People can lose my support if I find out they've been lying to me. And I operate, you know, as much hopium and copium and white pilling as I try to do on this show, because I, I genuinely am very optimistic and believe we will get through this. And I've been saying this on this show since 2020. There's a reason why I've been referencing my old material a lot more lately. 
working on something with it. Anyway. It, I, I genuinely believe things are going to get better soon. You know, and right now we're having some wins. We're going to have a, a couple of these. It's going to be a back and forth. You know, for the next couple of years, you're, you're going to have a pretty intense yanking match. People are going to tug left. People are going to tug right. You know, there, there's both, while both sides are gearing up, they're pushing each other. It, again, we are getting the culture war and the political climate we were deprived of in 2020 keep that in mind uh, this is slightly off topic here but this episode is basically over so i want to throw this out there while, while i'm on this topic i talked about this talked about this in 2020 the reason why everything was 2020 was such an, a depressing election cycle there wasn't really much curiosity everyone just kind of assumed trump would win and then trump lost people just celebrated or they were like how did that happen that doesn't seem right you know, some people are like, well, he's gone. Yay. Voted blue no matter who. And it worked. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, a lot of people on the right and independents, even people, I know Democrats who voted for Biden were like, no. Sorry, no. I've even interviewed Democrats on this show. Well, not on this show, but when I did my, like, when I do my man in the street stuff. And they're like, yeah, I voted for Biden. I, I did not think he was going to win when I went to bed. And, and I woke up. I was very surprised. I can't remember his name. If I can find, I'll put a link to it in the description below. If I remember. Um, he was talking about how he, he went to bed and then when he woke up, at first he was confused as to how Biden won because he was the only one he knew. He lived in a fairly blue, traditionally blue area. He didn't know anybody who was voting for Biden. And even he wasn't very thrilled to be doing it. So he was like, well, Biden's going to lose, but you know, at least I can say I didn't vote for Trump. And then he wakes up was telling me that, he, yeah, he was like, yeah, Biden won. I was confused as hell as to how that happened. And, you know, at first, when Trump was saying that the election was stolen, you know, it kind of made some sense to me. You know, they really don't like him. You know, I don't like him, but I don't like him for other reasons. And this is the person I'm talking to. And it's like, yeah. But, you know, I think he just wanted to stay in power, so he pushed a narrative. And it's like, all right, well, I, I, I'm not surprised you came back down to that as a conclusion, but... Everything up until that point was a very fascinating little insight. So, I don't know, man. I do not know. The election? Yeah. Um, there are things you have to tell the truth about and things that you know that nobody's going to be able to cross-check, right? right? And so there's a difference between sort of lying about a disprovable fact versus maybe shading your impression of what may have been in someone's mind. And the reporting is that it was always Jared's impression that Donald Trump actually thought he won. That's a little different than him saying, you know, we had a heart-to-heart -heart about it, and he, he was absolutely convinced. You, you, again, you've been around. Yeah. Now, again, I, I talked about this in 2020. Because of the pandemic and how easy... The, when people are easily afraid, the left will flourish. The right thrive in order. When everything's working and everything's in its place, and everything's in tune, the right, typically, if we're, if we're talking about the right, not in the uniparty sense, but like in like the Rand Paul, Grassley type, and even in Grassley's sort of iffy with me. But, you know, the populist type. Anyway, you know, when things are working right, and everything's going smoothly, the right 
can dominate and run the narrative because they can be like, look at our results. You know, this is what we're doing. Everything is so bad. Why is everything so good? If we're not doing great, point out to what we're doing wrong. But when things are in chaos and people are afraid and want answers, the right is fucking dog shit at it. Dog shit. So, in 2020, when everyone's afraid and both sides are being pumped full, and even Fox News is pushing a lot of this COVID propaganda bullshit, just a fear monger. And again, the flu wasn't counted in 2020. Flu vaccines weren't distributed in 2020. Dog. It's hard for me not to put some credit into the people who say COVID wasn't real. It was all a scamdemic. When it was absolutely a plandemic and a scamdemic. But, you know, sure, perhaps yeah, I'm willing to humor the idea. I actually would be willing to argue on behalf of the idea that most of the deaths and most of the COVID cases we had in this country were actually flu cases. And since we didn't have a virus, have a vaccine, you know, oh god, I'm gonna get some shit in the comments, but you know what? I'm not gonna change what I have to say to maintain an audience. Find ya, you can watch Sam Cedar about behavior like that. Now, we didn't have a chance to get a, a flu shot out, and I'm not one for the flu shot anyway. I don't really get it. I get my tetanus shot, and depending on if I'm going out of country or depending on where I'm going, I might get, you know, uh, what's it called? Rumbella vaccine? I might get something like that. You know, I'm definitely not getting any vaccine that was shit on the market in nine months. Yeah, not happening. Now, that being said, I'm just going to get back to the point at hand. Everyone was scared and worked up in 2020. Left, right, people were constantly pumping out misinformation, so no one knew what to do. They just wanted a different. So the people actually went out and voted for Biden, wanted something different, or they just wanted a Democrat in office. Now, with all the fear and everything, we were deprived of a culture war. And, you know, exciting things happened in 2020. Don't get me wrong. It was an eventful year. And I also feel like it didn't happen. Same thing with 2021. Started with a whimper. Ended on a bang. Interesting year 2020. Now, that being said, right, I keep saying that. Only because I'm, I've been up all night working on stuff in my brain. starting to fizzle out on me. And I'm waiting for this NOS energy drink to kick in. So my apologies the haze but going into 2020 or 2020 uh 2024 people know a lot more about the pandemic on the left and in the and on the right and they're mad as fuck about it both sides have come to understand they've been lied to not both sides have come to a different conclusion about what the truth of the matter is but either way it has left a bad taste in these people's mouths for their own party and politicians within their own party politicians that they liked not too long ago not too long ago. So, I, I, I find myself looking at the science here. I've been saying 2016's on its way here, and I, and I think 2016 energy is largely... You know, 2016 2.0 is working its way here. But there's something extra charged in the air as well. And I, and I wonder, will we get the 2016 energy plus all the pent-up shit? Because the 2016 energy we're starting to witness now... No, the normies being active and all the tactics that we saw in 2016 coming back into play for 2024. We should have seen in 2020, but, you know, pandemic this, pandemic that. People weren't talking about this kind of stuff. People just wanted to focus on the pandemic and Trump 
That was it. Media spin, 24 hours. So we're going to get just 2016 2.0 on top of an already, like, craziness that a regular election would have. Are we looking at, like, an extra crazy type fucking year? We'll see, man. Rumors are already flying. This shit's going to get spicy. I, uh, I wonder if a defamation lawsuit, like, how is the Trump camp going to respond? There hasn't been a response yet. Will there be a response? A lot of media is already talking about the story, so we'll see where it goes from here. I'm gonna get some more caffeine in me because this this is uh, I'm, I'm brain fogging. Well, it's good to see that the president has some fire in him after all. I mean, the former president has some fire in him after all, isn't it? Breaking: Trump vows to institute death penalty for child traffickers after screening of Sound of Freedom. Quote: I will urge Congress to ensure that anyone caught trafficking children across the border receives the death penalty immediately. Now, here's the thing. I'm not entirely against this. But with the death penalty, I usually find myself standing in stark contrast. I don't support the death penalty. And here's why. I don't trust the government to tell me who deserves to die. And as time goes on, more and more people we put on death row or have executed, we find out that they didn't do it. Either advanced, tech, you know, uh, more advanced technology and advances in science and advances in DNA understanding show that, oh, this person actually didn't commit this crime, oh, this detail doesn't come up, or this person admitted to it later on, or this person recanted their detail that the person was executed, death pet, deathbed confession, so on and so forth. So I always find myself siding on not supporting the death penalty. Now, also at the same time, if you have someone caught on camera, it's like a thousand percent, and they said, yeah, I did this, I absolutely admit to this, and you can prove without a shadow of doubt, and they admit that they did it, then sure, fine. There's no point for me to be against the death penalty in a point at a point where everybody, including the perpetrator themselves, says, yeah, I did it, oopsie doopsies. And that has happened from time to time. You get these absolute psychopaths like Charles Manson, who brag about how they did not. Charles Manson was a CIA plant and operative and uh, victim of a lot of that uh, MK Ultra shit, but that's an irrelevant topic for a different day. Not relevant, but for a different day. So I'm okay with this. You just gotta be goddamn sure that they're actually guilty of the crime before you execute them. And I'm willing that people throw this in my face and be like, "Yeah, I thought you were against the death penalty." I am, but I've also said before, if if we know for a, a fact, a thousand percent. That you are doing these crimes, and especially if you're a threat to children, you know. I believe, like, confirmed sex offenders, like, 1,000%, rape kits, DNA, everything matches. Chemical castration, immediately, if not medical castration, immediately. You know what I mean? Let's continue on, shall we? This article is from the Post Millennial. After seeing anti-human, sex, uh, anti-human trafficking film Sound of Freedom earlier this week, President Trump has a vow to institute the death penalty for human traffickers if he earns a second term in the White House. Trump held a screening in Bedminster, New Jersey, and spoke with filmmaker Eduardo Vescal and star, uh, starring actor Jim Caviezel, who plays federal agent Jim Ballard, or Tim Ballard, my apologies, who made it his mission to investigate human trafficking and rescue children. Uh... Vastig was appointed as member of Tr- President Trump's Advisory Commission on Hispanic Prosperity. He emphasized the importance of coming together as a society to address this um, pre- uh, pernicious evil and eradicate child trafficking. 
In a Fox interview, Caviezel called President Trump, quote, the new Moses, careful, and said he's got to be in there because he's going uh, to go after the traffickers. Now, it is true. Uh, under Trump, he was probably the most vicious in going after human trafficking, both Operation Legacy, Operation Not Forgotten, uh, Code Lone Star, various programs and operations and initiatives started under the Trump administration to crack down on human trafficking. Uh, Trump was really leading the charge on a lot of these issues and policies and putting together really good divisions that stopped tons of this shit within our country. And under Biden, we've had human trafficking increase. Like Joe Biden flew illegal immigrants from the border into states like Tennessee, California, Michigan, New York in the dead of night, literally trafficking people. And we know Hunter Biden has trafficked prostitutes over the border, which violates the Mann Act. Or he's been at least alleged to we go off of, the, of his emails and everything, you know. Quote, when I'm back in the White House, are you when I'm back in the White House, Trump said Friday in a Friday video, I will immediately end the Biden border nightmare that traffickers are using to exploit vulnerable women and children. We will fully secure the border. I will wage war on the cartels just as I destroyed ISIS ca- uh, caliphate. 100% gone, 100% destroyed. They'll come back now because we have a weak administration. I will use Title 42 to end the child sex trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries and without delay. And I will urge Congress to ensure that anyone caught trafficking children across the border receives the death penalty immediately. And that includes also for women. Because women, as you know, are number one in trafficking. Children are actually number two, Trump continued. The 42, uh, 40, Title 42 prevents illegal immigrants from waiting in the U.S. while they apply for asylum, making them wait in Mexico, which is, this is the remaining Mexico policy, as opposed to filing U.S. courts and shelters while they wait. When the Biden administration lifted the restriction, thousands of migrants crossed Thousands? You mean just the ones we counted were the thousands? Many, many more got through. People are estimating like a million. Many were given court dates to appear years down the road. They are able to make new lives in the U.S. and obtain working visas all before their cases have been heard. Trump was was vigilant against trafficking and drug cartels during his term as president and has has promised that he will bring back those efforts if he secures a win in 2024. Biden's uh, porous border policies are a far cry from Trump's border wall, a policy he campaigned on in 2016 and implemented once he took office. That's right, like, what, about 40, 50-plus miles of border wall were built, and they're, what, about 35 feet tall with rebar and steel construction? And tungsten and tungsten welds on that bitch. Yeah, no, that's a serious gate. The only reason it wasn't finished. That's a serious wall. The only reason it wasn't finished is because Congress stymied it and halted construction and by completely neutered the program. Not to mention, thousands of Americans lost their jobs because of that border wall and construction being halted. Quote, in one of my first acts in office, I signed an executive order targeting... Uh, transnational criminal organizations that traffic and exploit innocent people. I signed the Frederick Douglass Trafficking Victims Prevention and Protection uh, Reauthorization Act, authorizing $430 million to fight sex and labor trafficking, he said. Yeah, again, Trump was very, very fucking aggressive on, on sex trafficking in this country.
that and the Abraham Accords, as well as I knew more, is many of the reasons why I went and voted for him. This show, I've been doing since 2018. I brought that up a little more lately for a reason. But I've been doing this show since, like, mid-2018. And Trump wasn't my first. I was leaning towards McAfee again in 2020. And I talked about the things with Abraham, with, uh, with Abraham Lincoln, sorry, with the Lincoln, with the uh, Abraham Accords and so on and so forth as Trump was doing them back in the day. So there has been a few things. That's one of the many reasons why I'm batting for Trump to get reelected right now. And I say that's somebody who leans towards like Murray Rothbard type policies. I like someone, even if he's stymied and he can't get anything else done. If he goes after human trafficking, I'm happy. And he was very, very aggressive on this front. Now, that being said, have you guys seen Sound of Freedom? It's a very powerful movie. And what did you guys think of it? What's your opinion on it? And what do you think of Trump's past efforts to uh, crack down on human trafficking? And as well as any of the stories you think may be interesting or related to this, please leave them in the descri- in the comments below. I will check them out. And they could be featured in their own episodes down the road, and I will give you full credit for bringing these stories to my attention. That being said, this has been James Madison with Inside Four Walls, and I will talk to you guys later. Deuce. Well, hey guys. Now, isn't this fun? White House forced to vow Hunter Biden won't get pardoned from dead after first son sweetheart plea deal falls apart. Don't they sound just so confident in Hunter Biden's ability to walk out of this unscathed, folks? Let's check this out. This article is by Stephen Nelson. Can you go back to the first question of the briefing? I know you said not a lot's changed since yesterday, and that's a personal matter. But from a presidential perspective, is there any possibility that the president would end up pardoning his son? No. Can you go back to the first question of the briefing? I know you said not a lot's changed since yesterday, and that's a personal matter. But from a presidential perspective, is there any possibility that the president would end up pardoning his son? No. Sounds just so confident, don't they? White House press security cringe John Pierre was forced Thursday to rule out President Biden handing a pardon to his son, Hunter. As recently as Monday, the administration chief spokesperson had insisted that President was never in business with his son, bullshit, and said Wednesday that nothing has changed. But scrutiny from the media and Republicans intensified after Hunter's Hunter's probation-only plea deal on tax and gun charges collapsed under scrutiny by federal judge in Delaware, who raised questions about the premise of, or the promise of a near-blanket immunity extracted from a federal prosecutor as part of the agreement. Quote, Is there any possibility that the president would end up pardoning his son? Fox reporter Mark Meredith asked Jean-Pierre. During a regular briefing, no, the press secretary said flatly and briefly. Is this video anything relevant? I highly doubt it. Yeah, that's right. Moving on. Right, here, follow question. Quote, I just said no. I just answered and called on a different journalist. The Constitutional grants the president nearly unchecked power to pardon federal crimes, meaning that Biden, 80, could effectively end the turbulent year, years-long criminal case involving his son, 53, with a stroke of a pen. However, such a decision would ignite intense political back uh, blowback. The only president known to have pardoned an immediate, immediately, immediate family member of a crime 
is Bill Clinton, who in his final hours before leaving office in January 2001, expunged his younger half-brother, Roger, mid-1980s conviction on a charge of conspiring to distribute cocaine. Based pardon. Unfortunately, Bill Clinton also put in the 94 crime bill, which put a bunch of people away for the exact crime he pardoned his brother for, so not based, and I have to retract that based statement. Go fuck yourself. In December 2020, former President Donald Trump pardoned New Jersey real estate developer Charles Kushner 15 years after his conviction on charges, including... That's his, uh, that's his son-in-law's dad, right? Uh, charges including illegal campaign... Ca- yes, it is. Contributions, tax evasion, and witness tampering. Kushner's son, Jared, is married to Trump's oldest daughter, Ivanka. And everyone wants to call Trump uh, homo- uh, you know, anti-Semitic. Yeah, his grandkids from Ivanka are all Jewish. And Ivanka's Jewish. So, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, made tentative remarks this week about launching an impeachment query. We've already read through this, so sorry, moving on. Uh, about Joe Biden and his son's role for, roles in countries such as China and Ukraine. Later in that briefing, Jean-Pierre claimed in response to a question from Salon reporter Brian Kernan that Hunter didn't receive favorable treatment from his dad's Justice Department. But two IRS whistleblowers said Biden appointed U.S. attorney in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. blocked charges against the first son leading to what Assistant U.S. Attorney Leo Weiss reportedly admitted in court on Wednesday was an unprecedented plea deal. Yeah, no shit. The Department of, Ju- quote, the Department of Justice is independent, and, pres- and the president respects the rule of law. Okay. Sure. Uh, ben Sane, that since he, uh, since he was before president... Since he was before president. Okay. And will remain the case, Jean-Pierre insisted. Joe Biden reportedly interacted with his son's foreign business partners, including from China, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. I have an audience in all those places. Hi, guys. Look, you're in the story. My condolences. One of Hunter's closest American associates, Devin Archer, who is... MF Doom, man. Rap commitches. Evil conditions. Comes to mind pretty quickly. Moving on. Is expected to testify to the House Oversight Committee Monday and explain that Hunter regularly put his then-Vice President dad on speakerphone during meetings with foreign partners. Definite intimidation move. Hunter's plea deal... Uh, the two Hunter's plea deal to two mis- tax misdemeanors and a gun possession felony would have been expunged after two years. But U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen uh, Norica rejected Hunter's plea deal on Wednesday after it became clear that the first son's lawyer and Justice Department had starkly different views on whether the deal would prevent the feds from charging Hunter with other past crimes, such as allegedly violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA. Hunter then acted, uh, then plead, pled not guilty to the charges before, foof, hearing adjourned. The sides will appear again in court in 30 days to discuss the next steps. Wild. Now that's fucking wild. But that, 
so with her eyes. But that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. We have more episodes about this exact topic coming out very shortly, so stay tuned.